Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. And welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert, your host, along with Will East, in for the vacationing rhino. Morning, Will. Good morning, Gerard. So, uh, just a tad bit hoarse still, the lingering effects of yelling at the football game on uh, Saturday night. It's a lot of fun uh. up there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We've had our sunglasses on at the end of the first quarter. I saw Corey Hart that? on the uh, the Jumbotron there. Yeah, because we wear our sunglasses at night. That's of course, right. as Corey says, a famous song. Uh, I think we set a world record. Was the uh, That was the idea, to set a world record. Guinea's Book of World Records, uh, setting one for the largest crowd to wear sunglasses at night. The previous uh, number, the previous record, 6,000, I believe, 6,600, something to that effect. I believe we easily busted that one, as they say. So that was a whole lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. Back here in the studio, day off yesterday, played in the Canopy Children's Solutions uh, golf tournament, a little fundraiser. First year they've had it. What a great turnout, great weather, a whole bunch of fun we had out there. Appreciate uh, Mandy filling in yesterday. Here with you all week. Don't ha- don't think we have any remotes this week. Uh, not on this show, no. Yeah. Not on this show. But Mandy did a great job yesterday. Uh, I was on with her, and uh, we had uh, Governor Rick Perry on, the former governor of Texas, um, former Secretary of Energy, some great insight on gas prices and the kind of energy dependence that we're at now versus independence that we were just a few months ago, really. Uh, and then we talked to Liz Harrison from the Trump campaign, and then a really emotional interview. I was not expecting that. She talked to Clay Adcock, a Yazoo County mm-hmm. farmer, talking about the Yazoo pumps and uh, the the need to get those pumps going. And I, he basically broke down when he started talking about um, his livelihood and the fact that uh, his son lost his house due to the, all the floods that we had um, back in 2019. And wow, you know. He said it was something like 600 people lost their houses. Of course, you lose, you know, your farm. You lose pretty much everything for that whole year, and then you got to kind of build back. And um, you know, he's worried about some some things there. And uh, it was a pretty emotional interview um, with Mr. Clay Adcock yesterday. Well, it just feels like to me that whole deal is just stuck. Why, why does it feel that way? Like there's lots of talk. Seems like there's lots of pronouncements, even uh, proposals, expectations, but nothing seems to materialize. What's the deal with that? 
I, you know, I don't know. It's it, it's kind of complicated and it involves the Army Corps of Engineers and the EPA. And when you start getting into all that bureaucracy, you throw a little politics in there. It's just a mess, and that's exactly what they have on their hands right now. Well, you said the magical word, little politics thrown in the deal. But it just seems like it, it just keeps getting pushed to the back burner. Uh, meanwhile, the lives of real people, certainly here in the state of Mississippi, are impacted mm-hmm. negatively by this situation. So, in the meantime, the the current event news right now that I'm looking at on the screen here in the studio is that the jury, <clears throat> excuse me, is busy deliberating the charges against Kyle Rittenhouse. What a spectacle that deal has been. It has. It, it You know, it's... You know, you think about the big trials in your life. The, the O.J. trial is one that comes up for me. I, that was the first trial that I remember that was really huge. Um, I remember I was in I was in grade school when that happened, and they pulled us out of our classrooms to take us into a big auditorium so that we could watch the verdict when it came down. That's how big that was. This, I don't think, is quite on that level, but it, a lot of people are talking about this, mainly because everything is live and on video. And you can kind of see the sausage being made with this thing. And everybody has an opinion about it. And yeah. it kind of depends on whether you're conservative or liberal. And, you know, how woke are you? You know, if you're on that side, you think that this guy, this kid is guilty. He needs to go to prison for the rest of his life. And politicians have pretty much said that. And the conservatives tend to view it as it was mainly self-defense. And I think if you look at the actual facts of it and every person that has testified it does seem like it is, it was self-defense. Now, did he make some mistakes? Absolutely. But it's one of those kind of divisive trials that comes around, you know, every so often, and everybody's got an opinion about it. Well, the prosecution essentially argued that if you came to this area armed with a weapon, you're looking for trouble, that you, that you weren't – so that's not looked at as – Excuse me. It's self-defense. That's looked at as well. You're coming to stir up trouble yeah. to start playing shoot 'em up. The bigger, the other concern I have is that how much of the fact that you've got all these people on standby, ready to protest, apparently, or you certainly sense that might happen. How does that influence the jury? How do you not let it influence the jury? Mm-hmm. Uh, because. You can't you can't not recognize it. You can't not see it. You know it's happening. And I believe it's the the uh, judge instructed the jury, don't pay attention to that. Don't pay attention to Joe Biden and his statements. How do you not pay attention to that? How how, how do you just tell a jury, well, erase that from your head? I don't see how that works. I don't either. Thomas and Greenwood on the uh, ceasefire text lines, he says, he stated, he's talking about the judge, the judge stated, if you carry a gun, you lose the right to self-defense. That's right, Thomas. That is what he said. That sounds backwards to me. So if you carry a gun to defend yourself, you lose the right to defend yourself. Somebody reconcile that. Yeah. I can't figure that out. The whole out. point of having a concealed carry gun or any gun uh, in your possession is for self-defense. Correct. And, and Thomas says, I'm betting on a hung jury. Oh, it's Binger stated that. that yeah, I'm sorry, Thomas. You're right. It was the prosecution. I'm still talking about the judge and the judge's instructions. You're right. It was the prosecution that argued if you bring a gun, 
that you lose your right to self-defense, which is insanity in my view. It was the judge who instructed the jury, pay no attention to Joe Biden and pay no attention to what you see in the news. Of course you're not supposed to. Pay no attention to the fact that, well, there might be riots across the the nation if you don't uh, uh, condemn this guy and find him uh, guilty. So... That's not the way our justice system is supposed to work, and I also find it just crazy if we set if we set a precedent that one that as the prosecution argued that if you are armed you lose your right to self defense. I can't I can't even understand the logic behind that. There's some repercussions to that. Yeah, I mean, if that become so, if that becomes a, a precedent from a case law perspective. Every time someone defends themselves with a weapon, with a firearm, they would be guilty of some crime, right, and murder in this case, because they defended themselves, because, just because they showed up and were carrying a firearm. That just seems upside down. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I worry about the precedent that might set. Yeah, Randy and Starkville, right. The prosecutor said that. I'm sorry, I, I corrected that, Randy. You're right. I was still thinking about the judge and his instructions to the jury. The prose- prosecution, who also brought a weapon. Oh, did you see that? So he brings a weapon, and he's pointing it, right, in the courtroom. With his finger, with his finger on, the, on trigger. the trigger. Which I thought was against good weapon safety practices, right? First trigger of all, safety. Pointing a weapon in any direction that might even be remotely close to another human is is completely in violation of best practices in handling a firearm. But then putting your finger on the trigger, I don't know, guys. I We will see, and how could you not at this point conclude that he acted in self-defense. Every witness has has said that. Even the the witnesses that are now going on, like Rosenblum or whatever his name is, that's going on TV saying the complete opposite of what he said in the trial. I agree. On the ceasefire text line, Rittenhouse isn't on trial. Self-defense is on trial, unfortunately. It's a a great point. I agree. Uh, 601-879-4395. That's the number if you want to join the... The conversation. So, is this jury being sequestered? I'm I not. I don't think they are. I don't are. think they are. So, which that is to me, that's a little strange because usually in these big time trials, where you have to have heard about this beforehand. I mean, the fact yeah. that you could find twelve or however many it is yeah. people that hadn't heard about it, that's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, and not know, not be familiar with. Joe Biden's statement calling him a white supremacist. So here's the the possibility to think about if he's exonerated, if he's acquitted, will he sue the president for defamation? He has a case. I've seen lawyers say, yeah. How about that? Rittenhouse versus Joe Biden. (laughs) We'll take a break right here. We've got got Brad White coming up, the executive director of MDOT at 11.05 today. Chris Green, law professor at Ole Miss at at, uh, 11.37, I think. I'm not sure of the time. Maybe 11.20. We'll check on that. We'll be back here on Midday. Stay with us. A Complete Flight Source is proud to announce 
that Mississippi has a new state flag. We are taking orders now for all sizes of the newly designed state of Mississippi flag. Flags are in production, and soon you can be flying one at your home, school, or business. Place your order by emailing at sales at completeflags.com, calling our store at 601-362-9333, or finding us on the web at completeflags.com. Have you paid a visit to our store? A Complete Flag Source is located at 5295 I-55 North Jackson. Too far to visit? Give us a call at 601-362-9333 with your order or questions. Thank you for shopping local and supporting a Mississippi-owned business. Got to get that fixed. Uneven driveways causing headaches? Helms Polyfoam will fix it without tearing up your driveway in the process. We inject polyfoam under settled concrete to stabilize it in a matter of minutes, not days. Polyfoam is used on runways, railways, and highways, so there is no question it will support your driveway. We also repair seawalls, sidewalks, pond dams, retaining walls, and unstable soil. Visit HelmsPolyfoam.com or call Helms Polyfoam at 601-966-7821. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Two Mississippi museums, the Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, invites you to our holiday open house, Saturday, November 20th, and our Christmas by the Candlelight Tour on December 3rd. These events are open to the public and holiday trains begin running on December 1st. Bring the whole family and enjoy these events. While visiting, take a tour of Mississippi history through our two museums located on North Street with free covered parking on North Jefferson Street. Come enjoy the holiday fun at two Mississippi museums. Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Midday, Super Talk Mississippi, a little Def Leppard bumping us into this segment. Thanks for that, Will. 
So, just looking again at what uh, the judge, Bruce Schroeder, when he dismissed the jury, he said, The time has come now where the great burden of reaching a just, fair, and conscientious decision in this case will be placed totally with you. You will not be swayed by sympathy, passion, prejudice, or political beliefs. You will disregard any impressions that you may have, which you may believe, or my opinion on the guilt or innocence of the defendant. That's what he told the jury. Basically said, don't listen to Biden, don't listen to the news media, don't listen to Trump. How do you do that? It's very difficult this day and age. It's uh, because of the pervasive nature of information and news, whether it be opinion, accurate, fact-based news, hyperbole, sizzle, clickbait, you can't ignore it. I don't see how you can escape it. I'm And I'm not being critical of the judge. He's doing what he's supposed to do in instructing the jury, sending them back to render a verdict. I'm just suggesting that it, what he's calling for is pretty difficult to accomplish. But we shall see. But this photo of the prosecutor holding up the weapon and pointing it, I'm looking at it right now with his finger on the... That's just... That's mind-boggling that that happened in a court in the United States. I mean, I understand that uh, litigation attorneys, uh, they're actors. They use props. I get it. It just seems like that's totally inappropriate. I guess he was trying to elicit a response from the jury or try to you know, shock them, basically. He also said, uh, Binger argued that Rittenhouse, quote, brought a gun to a fist fight. Ah! By bringing oh the fi- firearm to the protest, uh, which is a quote from uh, <laughs> Roadhouse, the Patrick Swayze. Movie. Oh my gosh! I, well, well it, it wasn't as if they were all sitting around singing "Kumbaya." Okay, that was not what was happening. They were even one of the um, the victims was burning things to the ground. Right. Crickets he, on that, essentially. He, it, the, the prosecutor admitted that, and he tried to play it off as it wasn't a big thing, and I'll, I'll find the clip here in just a second and play it for you, but it, essentially he said all the guy did was just show up and set a trailer on fire yeah. and tip over a porta potty <laughs> and then start another fire and then tip another trailer over to block the police. I mean, come on. That's literally what he sounded like. I'll find the clip for you. Unbelievable. Debbie in Hattiesburg reminds, remember the McCloskey couple defending their home from protesters up in In uh, Chicago. Or St. Louis? Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. St. Louis. And believe he's running for office. I think he's announced. Has Mm -hmm. he not? That he's going to seek a Senate seat, U.S. Senate seat. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right? Yeah, he's challenging McCaskill. Well, she's out. She didn't run last time. I can't remember. Might be whoever replaced well, you know what? It's Roy Blunt who's stepping down. That's it. And it's an open seat. I believe that's the deal. So, yeah, I, we 
this is this is what aggravates conservatives and those who are fully on board with the Second Amendment, and why I think it causes those of us who are supporters and advocates for the Second Amendment, why we get so bent out of shape at the left, because they always try to distort and manipulate and contrive the narrative to suit their ultimate goal, which is to get rid of all the guns. They don't want anybody to own firearms, period. They don't want the Second Amendment. Let's be honest about it. That's just the honest truth, I believe. And when you see the sort of fanfare you've seen in this courtroom, how could you conclude anything else? So this guy shows up with a weapon, and essentially he was forced to use it. Otherwise, it appeared he was eminently going to lose his own life. That's the whole deal. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, what about the question, well, why were protesters and rioters there to start with? They were up to no good. This garbage narrative, oh, it's all peaceful protesters. and But see, what, what they rely on is the purpose of the protest. In this case, it is condoned by so many people on the left because, well, it's in the name of racial justice. Here, I've got the clip. He just happens to stumble into it. So what does he do that night? This is Rosenblum. Oh, let me tell you all the awful things Joseph Rosenbaum did. He tipped over a porta potty that had no one in it. He swung a chain. He lit a metal garbage dumpster on fire. Oh, and there's this empty wooden flatbed trailer that they pulled out in the middle of the road and they tipped it over to stop some bear cats and they lit it on fire. Oh, and he said some bad words. He said the N-word. He just... <laughs> that's all he did? Come on. And he even says it in a condescending tone like that's nothing. So destroying property is something we should just accept and ignore. That's the message there. By, by the way, this is the same riot that the national media, Wikipedia, all the online sources that are not, quote, conservative, yeah. label as peaceful. Right. You look it up on – I looked this up on Wikipedia. It labels it as a mostly peaceful protest. This well, is just one person out of this whole group. Does the Wikipedia entry also define what constitutes – an unpeaceful protest? <laughs> what threshold must you eclipse for it to be construed as not peaceful? When does that come into play? I, I don't think... So, what's bad is that you have a trial, and no matter the outcome, this will have tremendous Tremendous implications and, and result in consequences in this country. But in particular, if he is acquitted, if he is acquitted, and certainly it appears to me in any clear-eyed person that acquitting him is the right verdict and that the law is on his side, but yet 
we're likely to see massive outbreaks of protests across this country, which will involve more property destruction, more harm to people, likely, I pray not, harm, physical harm to individuals, even possible death? I I pray not. But it also makes you wonder, does it not, what happened to the great uniter, Joe Biden? We were told we must elect Joe so he can repair the fracture in the country, in our society. He will bring healing to America. Return to normalcy. I don't see it. Because they're still stuck on this idea, this concept that it was President Trump was the most divisive president in history. He divided the country. Are we any more united now, nearly a year in the wake of Joe Biden taking office? I don't see it. And will he speak up? Let's say riots do break out. Protests, fires, stuff we saw last year after the George Floyd incident. Will Joe Biden weigh in? Will he ask them to stand down? It remains to be seen. I say he doesn't. I really think he doesn't. He's too worried about climate change and transgender rights and crap. We got some inflation data to talk about. And he signed the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill yesterday in a big ceremony. We're going to talk about that. And the Build Back Better plan, what the status of that deal is. Lots more, too. Christopher Green, law professor up at Ole Miss, is going to talk about vaccine mandates and what this federal court lottery looks like, how that works. That's coming up at 12.05, 12.05. Stay with us. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 76. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 56. Wednesday rolls in with mostly sunny conditions, high near 78. Wednesday evening, a slight chance of rain, low around 55. And for your Thursday, a 50-50 shot of showers, mostly cloudy, high near 67. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. The Rogue has been serving families in Jackson for over five decades. As we return to life, return to work, church, football, etc., let the Rogue get the men in your life ready for all occasions. We have the latest in game day gear for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and USM. Last-minute needs for a party? We have three on-site tailors to take care of any last-minute needs. Complimentary alterations and gift wrap with every purchase. Our employees have over 150 years of experience at the Rogue serving Mississippians. At Clinton Body Shop, we really do take pride in perfection, and that's why we've been awarded the ICAR Gold Certification for our 30th year straight. Only 11 shops worldwide have accomplished this. This remarkable achievement can only happen with continuous training from ICAR and the manufacturers of the vehicles you drive. 
In fact, we are trained and certified by more automakers than any shop in the market. At a time when insurers are pushing more than ever for discounted and shortcut repairs that save them money, why not insist on Clinton Body Shop, where you get an OEM certified repair using certified parts? If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com. You already know that Madison Cellars is Madison's favorite place to buy wine and spirits since 1988. On Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center, Madison Cellars has a hometown feel with a big city selection. Do you have a question about which wine to serve with a certain dish? Call 601-856-0931 and let their knowledgeable staff help you find the perfect match. Find out more at madisoncellars.net or stop by today. Madison Cellars on Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center. Muskelly Furniture, homegrown and locally owned since 1978. We're committed to this community where our team members live and our customers are neighbors. It's also where a lot of our furniture is made. We carry more brands made in our state than any other retailer in the southeast. Look for the Made in Mississippi tags throughout our store. You'll find quality products that support local Mississippi companies. At Muskelly's, we look forward to furnishing happiness for many years to come. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith says the lack of a pumping station for the Yazoo backwater area harms the lives of Mississippians living in six Delta counties that are among the most rural and underserved in the nation. The area has experienced catastrophic flooding in nine of the past ten years. Clay Adcock said 2019 was the worst. My farm, uh, the 4,000 acres in the Holly Bluff area, was entirely flooded, and so I had no crops and no soil of income on those acres. Hyde Smith secured more than $20 million for the pumps earlier this year. She's concerned about a letter Congressman Thompson wrote to the EPA administrator in August asking the agency to dig into their decision to reverse a past veto of the Yazoo Pumps project during the Trump administration. He has thrown a hand grenade here. I think that we're going to maneuver around it because we've had to maneuver around several things that he's created. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi, and I want to tell you about something new on the show. You know how much we love to grill and how much we love to talk about it. You're the exact same way, and so are our friends at Polk's Meat. So now, every Friday at 520, we'll have some fun with Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll talk about our favorite way to grill their delicious Polk's Original, Polk's Cajun, and Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. It's Food Fridays at 520. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. 
Super Talk Mississippi, your new home for the Ben Shapiro Show. We don't hold back. We never shy away from telling you the truth. The most electrifying national talk show on air today. We have the most important guests and the biggest thinkers in America. Ben Shapiro, brutally breaking down the issues of the day. From politics to pop culture, we take a look at all of it. So don't miss out. Weeknights at 9. For something new and unique in talk radio, take a listen to the Ben Shapiro Show. On Super Talk Mississippi. Adoring fans. It's time for Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. See by his face, he was new in the place, there at the bar all alone. He was trying to look free, but it was easy to see, he left somebody at home. He was trying his luck, and looking for love, he was scared and bored at his show. So I bought him a beer and said, there's nothing to fear, just take some advice from a pro. Was that Santa Claus or the energy secretary? <laughs> she oh, laughed so loud. I did not enhance that whatsoever. That was her laughter at the cost of what you pay at the pump, my friends. Yeah. Uh, we, we actually played that. It's good we played it again because we need to get that out there. This is how they think. But have you been to the grocery store lately, Will? So it's interesting you say that. My wife and I are planning our Thanksgiving uh, meal, and so she was making a list of everything, and she was going through trying to find some coupons just to save a little bit of money. And whew, right, the cost is through. For not just everybody concentrates on the turkey. It's everything else. Yeah. Everything else. Yeah, I uh, I saw the charge at the grocery store to my uh, my bank account. My wife uses debit card, and I said, "Hey, we got people coming over. What's the deal here?" I just couldn't believe how much it was. I I think this, despite the uh, best efforts from the administration. To spin this whole thing of inflation is transitory. Uh, the Build Back Better plan is is actually going to lower or reduce, combat, arrest inflation, if you will. I don't think it's working. I honestly don't think that the messaging is working. When you look at polls, I don't know if you've seen this, but... ABC, Washington Post, not exactly what you would consider a bastion of conservatism. And they've been they've been polling folks for a long time. They're they're pretty pretty entrenched in the polling business. Well, they come out with some polls that show that the Republican Party has a double digit lead 
in a generic poll, who would you support, going into the midterms? I don't know that we've ever seen that before. So Republicans are suggesting they may be able to pick up as many as 60 to 70 seats, which would be, as Barack Obama described the 2010 midterms, a shellacking. And if you look at the exit polls from the 2020 election, a lot of people agreed with the policies of the Republicans. Right. They just didn't agree with Trump. That's right. It was a, it was more a person. And that's why you saw a lot of Republican gains in the House. Right. But you lost the presidency. That's, that's exactly right. They didn't line up. Normally they do, and mm-hmm. they didn't here. So 70%... In the in this Washington Post ABC poll, say the economy is in bad shape, up from fifty eight percent last spring. Now help me out here. You know I'm just a simple person when it comes to this kind of stuff. Fifty fifty eight percent in the spring, seventy eight percent here four or five months later. I believe that represents <laughs> yeah. a decrease in satisfaction and an increase in frustration with economic conditions under this president. About half, according to the poll, blame the president directly for inflation, which is the worst it's been in 31 years. His approval for handling the economy, again, according to this ABC News Washington Post poll, is down to 39%. That's six points lower than September. 13 points lower than it was in the spring. So the trends are clearly going in the wrong direction for this president because despite Jen Psaki and Biden and Harris and the whole Democrat Party telling us that things are great, people aren't seeing it that way because they are experiencing it and witnessing it firsthand. And they're not buying your garbage. So in a, in a um, essentially in a generic poll, it was 51% of registered voters said they support the Republican candidate in their congressional district. 41% say the Democrat. That's, by, by the way, the biggest lead at this point leading up to the midterms, now less than a year away, hard to believe. The biggest lead. Delta in lead for the Republicans since 1981. Wow. So if folks don't think that it's about the economy, stupid, wasn't that James Carville's famous line during the Clinton era? I think they're sadly mistaken. I, again, I've talked so much about the kitchen table issues. I don't think it's climate change at the kitchen table. No, I, I don't think it is. And I I keep thinking this, Gerard, that the powers that be, in the, especially in the Democratic Party, and maybe the Republicans too, but especially the Democratic Party right now, they have an echo chamber going on. No question. What you have is the leadership is... They're on Twitter, essentially. And they're seeing that when they tweet about climate change or racial ju- injustice, e- equity, all that stuff, equality, 
they get a lot of retweets. And they think, man, you know what? That is what people are interested in. And they're only they're not following their opponents. They're following their friends, the journalists, media people, the politicians that agree with them. And so those it's an echo chamber, meaning that you say something and it echoes back and forth. And I think that's really what's driving the policies of these Democrats versus looking at what the average American who's not on Twitter is seeing every day. So I think you're right. I think you're on to something there. So you, what you're suggesting is that <laughs> it's policy by social media? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I, I think what you just described in all of its splendor is being out of touch <laughs> with reality. Exactly. We talk about that coming out of politicians all the time. So, just to let our audience know, to add to the misery, the president is now proposing a 20-year drilling ban for oil and gas in the areas in and surrounding the Chaco Canyon in New Mexico. So, it's clear that the goal is to force every single American to refrain from consuming fossil fuels, period. That is the goal. Whether we have alternative sources that are affordable and practical and plentiful and available and accessible, that doesn't matter. By God, this is our goal. We're committed to this, and we're forcing it on you. Just sit in the corner and like it. Unbelievable. And so the president, I caught this on social media. Give me a second. This is his statement. 17 Nobel Prize winning economists said that Build Back Better will ease longer-term inflationary pressures and lower costs for American families. We can get this done. That's just 22 hours ago he posted that. Now, keep in in mind, folks, these same Nobel Prize-winning economists also said if we elect President Trump, economic bedlam, catastrophic economic events will break out. The stock market will crash. Millions of jobs will be lost. You won't be able to do squat economically. That's what these same people predicted. I say... They're in an ivory tower and don't know squat. I told you about my great economics professor from Ole Miss that used to walk in the classroom every day and pull his money clip out, and he'd say, boo, shoes, and buttermilk. That's what it's all about. And this guy had a Ph.D. in economics. These idiots, go back to your damn classroom, except him. He was fantastic. He was wait, right. Wait, was it boo? Boo, shoes, and buttermilk. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Isn't that great? I'm with him. <laughs> we'll take a break right here on Middays. we got a little more talk. Don't forget, at 11.05, Brad White, the executive director of MDOT, and Chris Green, law professor at Ole Miss at at 12.05. Stay with us.
Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland is now offering monoclonal antibody treatments. Monoclonal antibody therapy offers a way to help reduce and prevent severe symptoms in COVID-positive patients and for those who have been in close contact with someone who has tested positive. Most insurance providers will cover the cost. If you are uninsured, you may be eligible for reimbursement through the federal government. To find out if you are eligible for this treatment option, call Innovative Health Clinic today, 601-944-5585. You could hardly rub two nickels together, but you got married anyway. Because love can't wait. She believed in you when no one else would. Brings joy into your life like only she could. Today, she is your only need. I'm John Ravenstein. And I'm Corey Ravenstein. This Christmas, tell her with a gift of something truly precious from Jenniker Jewelry Company. We are Mississippi's direct diamond importer with more ways to say I love you this Christmas than any place else. Ten times the selection of average jewelry stores. From case after case of designer gold, gorgeous colored gemstones, couture pieces, and our famous estate collections. To diamond classics like Jenniker's diamond stud earrings, diamond bracelets, and pendants. Maybe it's that larger, two, three, or four carat diamonds she's always dreamed of. It's right here, right now, this Christmas at Junikers. Because love can't wait. Juniker Jewelry Company, 1485 Highland Colony Parkway in Madison and junikerjewelry.com, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. Stop. David Cox here, Omar Financial. Do you have a 401k, IRA, retirement, or CD coming due? We can help with market-like returns and zero risk. Call David Cox, 957-3841, 957-3841 now. This is Morning Agri-Market Report for the Mississippi Agri-News Network. I'm Bob Sullender. Stocks are trading up this morning. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 145 to 36,233. The NASDAQ is up 80 to 15,934. And the S&P 500 is up 21 to 47,04. From the New York Cotton Exchange, March cotton is up 36 to 115. And May cotton is up 54 to 113,56. At the Chicago Board of Trade, January soybeans are down 2 to 1255 and a quarter a bushel. March soybeans are down 1 and a three quarters to 1267 a bushel. December corn is down four and three quarters to 571 and three quarters a bushel. March corn is down five to 579 a bushel. At the Mercantile, February live cattle are up five to 136.37. April live cattle are up 17 cents to 140.15. January live feeders are up 60 cents to 159.07. And March live feeders are up 82 cents to 160.70. For the Mississippi Agri-News Network, I'm Bob Sullender. Are you a landlord whose renters can't pay due to COVID? Don't evict. Ramp up. Ramp is the rental assistance from Mississippians program administered by the Mississippi Home Corporation. If you have tenants who need help paying past due and future rent or utilities where they're currently renting from you, Ramp may be just what you both need. So don't evict. Learn more at ms-ramp.com and ramp up now. This isn't what gets a cotton grower up. What gets a cotton grower up isn't made of plastic-covered electronics. It's made of heart, determination, the calling that doesn't need a buzzer. Because you know early is the key to success. Stoneville Cotton knows, too. It gets out of the ground earlier and establishes a healthy stand quicker, so it's less vulnerable to weeds, weather, and insects. For a stronger finish, own the early with Stoneville Cotton. BASF. We create chemistry. Always read and follow label directions. 
Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Come on. Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. More people are seeing that, yeah, affordable child care is a big deal. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids <laughs> and say, we're not paying them nearly enough. <laughs> What in the wide world of sports was that? With Kamala there. I don't even know what the hell she was saying. She's <laughs> laughing about how parents are struggling with child care. You know, out of, I mean, just so out of touch, Gerard. This whole deal, and we've talked about it so many times, a, a, a marquee feature of the Build Back Better plan is to eliminate child poverty. That's the way they sell it. And we're going to do that by doing what? Sending them money. That's how we're going to that's how we're going to combat and eradicate. So it's like it's just redistribution. It's just there's no there's nothing innovative, creative, novel impressive about a policy that says just take it out of this group's pockets and put it in this group's that's not eliminating squat we've been doing that for 60 years and it we still have it maybe we ought to try something different but that's what they're hanging their hat on transformational so yeah i guess you could say I have more money if somebody just puts it in my bank account. I mean, that's essentially what this is. There, there's nothing about now that will, nothing about lifting people up so that they take advantage of the tremendous opportunities that our capitalistic economy affords. Now they will say, well, if we pay for all the pre-K, pre-K education, pay for child care, and all that sort of stuff. I'm just not buying it. Yeah, That's just welfare. I'm just going to call it what it is. It is welfare. That's what it is. I'm, I don't want any child in this country to be impoverished. I don't want any family to be. That's not the issue. The issue is how best to address that. Is it by redistribution through government, by just putting money in people's bank accounts, which is what this Build Back Better plan does, or are there other policies that could be advanced to accomplish that goal, that outcome? Meanwhile, Americans are really struggling, struggling with these inflationary pressures. You and I just talked about it. Here's what an MSNBC anchor, Stephanie Rule, said about it. And Stephanie joins me now live. Steph, it's great to see as you say, inflation's over 6% numbers we haven't seen in more than 30 years. So 
How much higher can these prices go and when do you see them coming down? Well, listen, Willie, nobody knows exactly when they're going down, but you have to put all this in perspective. This inflation is not in isolation, and the government predicted it was going to be a challenging recovery, recovery all tied to COVID. So it's why you see things like that expanded child tax credit. You've got the families of over 60 million kids on average getting $430 a month. For people on fixed incomes, older people on Social Security, they're getting those fixed payments adjusted next year up 5.9% for inflation. And the dirty little secret here, Willie, while nobody likes to pay more, on average, we have the money to do so. Household savings hit a record high over the pandemic. We didn't really have anywhere to go out and spend. And as we said a moment ago, we're expecting retail sales this holiday season to break records. For those who own their homes, the value of our homes are up. And while the stock market isn't the economy, you got over half of American households with some investment in the markets, and the markets have hit record highs. So we need to put all of this in perspective. This time last year, when you and I were talking, Willie, nobody had a vaccine. Now 200 million Americans do, and we're seeing this push of demand, and that's pushing up pricing. Got that, folks? Oh, so you got you got the money. That's essentially <laughs> what she said. You got the money, so just spend it. Dirty little secret. The stuff's costing more, but you got the money. You you were saving money during the pandemic, and we're oh, by the way, we're giving you more money. I'm gonna tell you something that really, really grinds my gears: the reference to the stock market, because every time Donald Trump would laud crossing a new threshold in the Dow Jones and setting a record. The left would go nuts. The stock market is not normal Americans. People don't have an investment in the stock market. Only the rich people are in the stock market. And what did she just do? Reference the stock market. Freaking hypocrite. Can't understand how someone educated and analytical can still laugh off climate change in 2021. That's a text from the friendly California commie. I'm going to address that later on the program. We're not laughing off climate change. We're laughing off the lies about it, the hypocrisy, the duplicity. We'll take a break and come right back. News coming your way. Brad White joins us after that. Stay with us. Home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601 345 8090. News. I'm Chris Foster. A jury in Kenosha, Wisconsin, is deliberating the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Members of the jury, it is uh, for you uh, to determine whether the defendant is guilty or not guilty of each of the offenses charged. Judge Bruce Schroeder. Rittenhouse claims he shot three people in self-defense during protests last year. Two died. Prosecutors say he was the aggressor. The jury of 12 was chosen at random this morning from the 18 people who heard the evidence. The other six are alternates. NASA's Office of Inspector General Internal Watchdog recommends waiting until after 2025 to send astronauts back to the moon. Last week, the timetable was revised from late 2024 to 2025 for the Artemis program to land a crew on the moon. But the OIG's report concluded significant challenges existed, including technical risks, a development schedule deemed unrealistic, and inaccurate cost projections. Fox's Grinnell Scott. America's listening to Fox News. 
Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. I'm here to help you with anywhere you might need a bathroom. Because when you gotta go, you gotta go. Please call us at 601-879-3969 or look us up, gottagorentals.com. Join Middays with Gerard Gibbert, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., sponsored by The Road, your destination for fine men's clothing. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Attorney General Lynn Fitch has joined a coalition of 12 states in filing a lawsuit against the third of what Fitch called President Biden's vastly overreaching vaccine mandates. The mandate published by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services on November 5th would impact 17 million health care workers, forcing them to be vaccinated by January 4th or find a new job. Fitch said for no other reason than the president's desire to check the box on universal vaccination, these healthcare heroes are being forced to choose between vaccination and their jobs. And Friday, the Lee County Sheriff's Department received a tip from the FBI regarding a possible threat to a Lee County church. An investigation revealed an individual made a comment on social media saying that he was planning a mass murder at his church the next Sunday. 20-year-old Ryan Evans of Saltillo has been taken into custody and charged with making a terrorist threat. Bond was set at $100,000. I'm Andy Davis. On December the 3rd, I tested positive for COVID. I was to the point where I really couldn't even walk. She was admitted to the Tupelo Hospital. That's where she remained for 82 days. That was the first time they told Reggie he could come see me. I nearly lost my wife. I mean, that's real. That ain't no false information. And I don't want to see you lose a loved one. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to getyourshotms.org. My son is not some statistic. My daughter's not a headline. My girl, she's not someone's agenda. What he, what she is, is irreplaceable. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. So I talked to my daughter's doctor about COVID vaccines. And she said they're highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths, even from the Delta variant. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. As we approach Thanksgiving, many are giving thanks to a capital city church. The Word Center has paid more than $1.4 million in medical debt for people across the state. The Medical Debt Forgiveness Initiative began several months ago and has helped nearly a 1,000 individuals in their time of need. And 86% of us have heard about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, but only 16% have personally invested in, traded, or otherwise used one. Political analyst Mitch Tyner said, when you consider that only half of us invest in the stock market, the numbers aren't that surprising. Although there's been a big uptick in those participating because uh, some of the ETFs have been approved and so there's some institutional investing going on now. Government leaders and others are debating regulation and the Biden administration is trying to combat ransomware by cracking down on cryptocurrency payments. China recently banned such transactions, but El Salvador became the first country to to declare Bitcoin as a legal tender. I'm Andy Davis. 
Is your business or home protected from power outages? Hurricanes cause widespread outages, with some lasting days and even weeks. Don't wait for a hurricane to hit. Prepare today with a standby residential or commercial generator from Taylor Power Systems. Give yourself an advantage over power outages with a Taylor Power standby generator. Give us a call today at 601-922-4444. Hey, y'all. Let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. Put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Middays, Gerard and Will East in the studio today. And joining us now also in the studio, Brad White, the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Transportation. Brad, thanks for coming in today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. to be with you. All right. So I think what a lot of folks uh, around the state uh, keep seeing and hearing is just being showered with money from the federal government. And a fair amount of that is earmarked or designated specifically for use in what you guys do at MDOT. So uh, give us an update on that. What is that. What does all that mean? Yeah, well, the good news is, as we've stated in previous shows, you know, uh, our state has a lot of needs out there to be met in the way of rehabilitation of our existing system as well as uh, projects that have been identified in the way of capacity projects to be built to help alleviate traffic in areas where uh, the volume is just – exceeded the capacity that that roadway may have. So the the reauthorization of these funds and, and the plush-up of these funds will come at a good time to help us better address the needs of the state. But, you know, we've had, uh, I guess it's three different economic stimulus packages that have come through that have transferred money from the federal government to the states to be doled out in a way of uh, trying to stir up economic growth or help individuals deal with the effects of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I think that by virtue of, of those packages that have gone out, uh, there has been a misunderstanding where some have thought that this would be a similar type package where when they would hear the figure $3.3 billion over five years for roads uh, and bridges – that that was going to be some other type of federal program that would send money that would sit in an account and be appropriated out uh, for certain projects. In reality, what this is is what I think I would classify uh, the Investment and Jobs Act as a uh, omnibus bill of sorts that took the various authorization acts, you know, that helps fund different modes of transportation, highways, all that, under one umbrella reauthorized the expenditure of those funds from these federal agencies okay. and then added to it a little more money. Okay. And to, to give you an example of that, we we are going to have over five years, the $3.3 billion 
that has been mentioned, but we were already anticipating, based on the last five-year authorization, at least to, to about $2.6 billion of that. So we are getting a little extra money that will be put to good use, but all of this are funds that will will be run through the existing programs and categories and the formulas that are used through Federal Highway to administer all of the dollars. So uh, like anything that comes from the federal government, you know, it's got different strings uh, attached to it. So these programs are directed to things like uh, that have very specific scopes of work, uh, classifications of routes. They're directed uh, to areas with certain population uh, thresholds. They have performance targets on them, uh, many of whom, if those performance targets go unmet, come with pretty hefty uh, penalties that are levied. So the manner in which the funds are spent, uh, do not they don't give us a whole lot of flexibility. Uh, so this is going to be somewhat different from just a package of, or a pot of money, so to speak, that would come down just to be kind of spent however we would cherry-pick okay. and spend, if that makes sense. So they get down to that level of granularity on these kind of funds. Yeah. Hmm. Normally, you know, MDOT's budget for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so has been pretty level. It would about $1.2 billion, with a little better than half of that being federal money. Right. Uh, and I think if you followed like a, a kind of a flow chart of where the money goes, the commissioners end up with about four hundred million that they would have discretion over okay. how it's spent. But even that four hundred million is discretion within certain categories. Okay. I mean, you have your paving needs, you have your capacity needs, you have your bridge needs, you have your safety needs, you have other uh, geometric improvements like. Uh, passing lanes or climbing lanes, things like that that can be put in to try to improve the flow of traffic, all of which serve in their own certain area, and, and this money is spent in, you know, in that okay. manner. If okay. That, yeah, so there's, there's buckets, essentially, that are designated for the amount that the commissioners have discretion over, and then they decide within those specific buckets on specific projects, I guess. Right, and the other good thing, in my opinion, it's a good thing, is by using all of these formulas, it's it's pretty data-driven. For example, uh, even with the capacity projects, the legislature created the Vision 21 law where in order for a project to be listed yeah. uh, as a capacity project, it has to meet certain criteria where, in an effort to try to remove the politics from it. The same way in choosing where we rehabilitate uh, pavement, it, it, there's a, a universal formula that DOTs use where we're able to determine when the pavement's in need of being uh, repaired before it starts mm. getting into a declining state and trying mm-hmm. to do that. Where our problem has been is we've had more needs and where we've had funds uh, to try to uh, adequately address them. Uh, in the way of rehabilitation, I think it's about a $400 million a year gap that we have in our spending. On bridges, it's about a $50 million a year gap. So the mm. extra money we'll get here will help. But I also would be remiss if I didn't point out that this is something our legislature has recognized, and through two different programs, they've helped supplement uh, our budget. One is emergency road and bridge program, which have helped primarily local governments uh, find the resources to deal with some of the uh, crisis bridges and, and roadways on, on their systems. Uh, I think it was $250 million that the legislature put in through a bond bill in the first year, $90 million in the second year to go to that, which is all data-driven and compa- uh, uh, competitive in nature and how it's spent. Uh, the lottery fund, which you're familiar with, uh, has been used uh, to rehabilitate the two-lane highways around the state that mm-hmm. sometimes, due to the other formulas, get kind of secondary treatment maybe behind the, the uh, larger highways. Mm-hmm. We've had, I think, an FY20 
70 million. FY21, we reached 80. And just in the first four months of this uh, fiscal year, we're spending 44 million of lottery funds with a total of about 2,000 lane miles that have been rehabilitated around the state just in those two and a half fiscal years. Hmm. So that's all of what I would say is a step in the right direction that the legislature has taken in funding uh, the, uh, and providing the resources needed, uh, and hopefully uh, with the wisdom being used in the spending of this extra funds that will come through these normal formulas, we'll be able to catch up even more. Yeah. So uh, I think there's a lot of confusion, it's fair to say, Brad, that uh, just by the public in general of how DOTD is funded, that that's a separate fund from the general fund, uh, from a budgetary perspective and a spending and accounting perspective, and most of its revenue comes from from fuel taxes and other fees and so forth that are designated specifically for that fund. Yeah, with the exception of the lottery fund, right? It's it's all uh, a special fund agency. Yeah, it's probably the largest special fund agency in the state, right? Primarily from fuel tax. Uh, that's been level now for for 30 years, but we've got a bigger system uh, and a more aging system than we've had uh, before. So finding ways to uh, free up revenue uh, to adequately address the needs of our transportation system is is one of the big challenges that we have. Obviously, one way is try to make efficiency measures to free up money. Yeah. And the other way is trying to find other ways to fund it, like the lottery yeah. uh, money that's um, coming in. Another, a third way is in times past, and I'm the, the current legislature. I'm not criticizing, but in years past, when the state would have lean years and they wanted to fund certain things, MDOT was a, viewed as a big place they could go and and carve out money. So as a result of that, we have uh, appropriations that are taken out of the, our money to fund other state agencies in the carrying out of their duties, which have very little to do with transportation. So we've had some meaningful conversations, I believe, with the legislative leadership in trying to rectify that as well, which yeah. might can free up more money and make sure that what fuel tax we are collecting is truly getting to where it's supposed to go. Yeah. Last I checked, I think we were third from the lowest in terms of state of the 50 states in terms of fuel tax. I don't yeah. know if you've looked at that. Like we're we're down there. We're lower than the surrounding states. Yeah, you know. But I mean, right now, I mean, gas is through the roof. I think that this is a, would be a horrible time to sure. try to have that discussion of raising the fuel tax. And I think, you know, speaking from my own philosophical views, our, our government has gotten into the business of funding so much that are, is not they're not really core functions of government. That the core functions of government have have suffered as a result. Totally agree. Ask Sean Tyndall about the problems he's having it. Uh, the crime lab or Burl Kane with hiring people to work at Parchment. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is holding here. But our number one challenge that we have at DOT is not the, the funding. It's uh, being able to recruit and retain staff. When the 87 four-lane program was passed 30-something years ago, MDOT had the capable staff then, and the number of staff I mean by that, that a lot of the pre-construction that was put in work, that was put in to building those highways, was done in-house. And we no longer have the number of employees and the capability of doing that type of work. Okay. And so we're paying out the wazoo to consultants to do about three times more of what we can do in-house. Which is more expensive. So hopefully yeah. we'll have the flexibility to get some pay raises for our staff and, and build back up from that standpoint. In other words, the money does us no good. You got time to hang around? Sure. we got another segment. We've got Brad White, the executive director of the Mississippi Department of Transportation. <laughs> Middays will come right back. 
ain't got no cigarettes Two hours of pushing broom I's eight by twelve four-bedroom I'm a man of means by no means King of the road King of the road King of the road Due to a national blood shortage, Mississippi Blood Services is in critical need of donations to refill our supply. Please help Mississippi Blood Services recover their supply of much-needed blood. Visit msblood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you to donate blood today. That's msblood.com. msblood.com. Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where Garden Mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening, brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South in Richland. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right, because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal. Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change a life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org. Make a donation and help change your life today. The Rogue has been serving families in Jackson for over five decades. As we return to life, return to work, church, football, etc., let the Rogue get the men in your life ready for all occasions. We have the latest in game day gear for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and USM. Last-minute needs for a party? We have three on-site tailors to take care of any last-minute needs. Complimentary alterations and gift wrap with every purchase. Our employees have over 150 years of experience at the Rogue serving Mississippians. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. At Clinton Body Shop, we really do take pride in perfection. And that's why we've been awarded the ICAR Gold Certification for our 30th year straight. Only 11 shops worldwide have accomplished this. This remarkable achievement can only happen with continuous training from iCar and the manufacturers of the vehicles you drive. In fact, we're trained and certified by more automakers than any shop in the market. At a time when insurers are pushing more than ever for discounted and shortcut repairs that save them money, why not insist on Clinton Body Shop, where you get an OEM certified repair using certified parts? If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com. Richard Cross, be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. And now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Now, on to the real part. Dynamite! On Super Talk Mississippi. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi. In the studio, Gerard and Will. Also joining us, Brad White, Executive Director of Mississippi Department of Transportation. So, Brad, you and I were talking off air. We've got uh, a big chunk of money coming down from the so-called infrastructure bill, that package signed into law by the president yesterday, a total of $1.2 trillion. And it it was certainly sold as something that is supposed to repair uh, the nation's uh, roads and bridges. And and that would seem like, and there's also a big chunk of that for broadband infrastructure and some other things. But I think when most Americans, when they hear this this concept, this term infrastructure, that's what they think about: roads, bridges, transportation, mm-hmm. airports. I know that's uh, revitalizing airports and certainly control towers and ramps and runways and stuff like that. Uh, landing systems, all that's included in it as well. That seems like that's needed. But help us out. Help us understand, Brad, of this $1.2 trillion. It looks like Mississippi's scheduled to get about $4.2, $4.3. depends on whose report you read on that billion. What does that look like in terms of the money that will flow to MDOT and how you can spend it? Well, we're waiting on some of those rules to be promulgated and, yeah. and received. But uh, the various road, uh, the various modes of transportation public transit will receive a lot of that money yeah uh, my impression is it will run through its normal programs that the feds have set up and will be used for the replacement of old buses and things like that that have been used in the in, in the mission of the public transit uh aeronautics in much the same way uh rails and uh ports and waterways we don't necessarily deal in federal money so we're still waiting to kind of see what that's going to look like uh, in the way of trying to support those modes of transportation, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to see because I think that, you know, the more we beef up our rail system, I mean, that could help take goods off of the highways, which lessens the stress of the highways, which lessen the need for maintenance money that we need there. So I, I'm glad that there is attention being given to all the different modes of transportation. We're just kind of waiting on seeing what the rules of the game will be and how we can best put that uh, to use around broadband, stuff like that. We're not a part of yeah uh, so i can't speak to that uh, and then like we were saying in the previous uh, segment all of the highway money the uh, bridge money uh ferry boats for whatever reasons st- that goes through a uh, federal highway and then there was some money for electric vehicles charging stations and yeah. things like that that will be all going through federal highway and through the various categories that they have and there will be some new programs that we're still waiting to hear from federal highway on what that will look like and and how it can be uh, spent. You know, I I appeared before the Senate Transportation Committee here a week or so ago, and uh, last week, I guess it was, and I guess the main um, thing that I'm hopeful that we're communicating adequately to our leaders are that, you know, let's not get our spending plan together just yet because we've got to find out where the money's going to land, how it can be spent, and then hopefully use the uh, result of the data-driven research and uh, that the capable staff of the department has done to show us where our needs are and then put the money where our, where it makes the best sense and where the taxpayers will get the best uh, use out of it. So those are all that's all information we're trying to put together now. Uh, but we're working hand in glove with our legislative leadership and the commission as well as the governor and trying to be sure that we're working in tandem yeah. uh, to be sure the taxpayers get uh, the best they can. This is going to result on the highway portion 
uh, about 135 million a year over five million uh, over five years. Uh, for that, by the time you add the bridges and the other stuff in it, you're looking at about 165 million a year. Uh, the legislative leadership has already been very cooperative. Uh, th- all of these federal dollars are match. We have to put up state money to match it. Uh, both the speaker and the lieutenant governor have indicated that they wanted to help us with uh, some of the state surplus and mm-hmm. being able to make that match. Uh, because without that, if we had to make the match without any assistance from them, then it would have to go into some service that we're providing, whether that be the mowing or something like that, would have to suffer from it I got because you. that's how tight our budget uh, is running. So I feel very good about uh, the resources that we're going to be given. I feel very good about the relationships we have now and trying to sit around the table and and apply some wisdom and common sense to be sure that this what could be a one-time thing uh, we get the biggest bang for our buck for the taxpayers. You know, something that comes up that's that's been contested quite a bit in our states this this subject of the fuel tax and what's always been confusing, I think, <coughs> for a lot of Mississippians, Brad, is that there are some who say our road and bridge infrastructure is is terrible and is in desperate need of repair, uh, and we and we also are in need of of new road and bridge infrastructure. And then there are those who say, no, our roads and bridges are uh, rank amongst the, the best in the country. Therefore, we don't need to raise any taxes to, to address that. And so I'm not asking you the question, uh, I wouldn't do that, about your, your position on uh, fuel taxes. But just to report, what is the condition from your perspective of our infrastructure, of our road and bridge infrastructure? I, I think our staff have done a phenomenal job in protecting the system the best we can with the resources we have. As I mentioned before, if you come through and you use this, this what I call a universal formula of grading pavement and determining when we need to start re- rehabilitating things in order to maintain a good system, what classifies as good across the board, we're running at a $400 million a year gap and okay. being able to address the needs that way. On bridges, it's a $50 million a year gap. To show you the cost of materials, and this is another thing I don't think people understand, is how much stuff costs. Yeah. $50 million a year is the gap we have on our bridges on the state system. Only 2% of our bridges are classified as in poor condition. So that shows you the expensive nature of, of what it takes to do that. So, you know, we, we do – I do think there's a need for a meaningful conversation and how do we uh, provide for a transportation system. Uh, I don't think raising a fuel tax is, is the only place that we should look. I think being able to – you know, in Congress, I mean, they've not raised a fuel tax either. They've supplemented the Highway Trust Fund with general fund appropriations. Right. Uh, I do think it's a core function of government. I do think it's something our leaders should try to uh, make sure that we're maintaining and investing in in an appropriate uh, way. But I think everything's on the table as far as uh, discussing that. But talking about the fuel tax, in this bill alone, there's money going to trying to increase the usage of electric vehicles. Well, the more electric vehicles become a thing in our country, the less the fuel tax is going to be because they're not going to be paying the fuel tax. So... Either way you you carve this thing, we've got to have a meaningful conversation about how do we want to fund this to make sure that we protect the interest of the state. Now, I will say another thing, and this is just my personal opinion, but when you look at the 87 four-lane program, it was a very pivotal piece of legislation that was needed and it was very good, but, you know, politics was all in it. 
and naming what four lane what highways were four lane. As a result, we're maintaining some four lane highways that have yet to meet the criteria in Division Twenty One to be four lane. Mm. So that's more of a need to let the professionals, you know, determine how the money needs to be spent and where to where to put it, where the taxpayers get the best use out of it. To be sure that that uh, we're putting the money where it needs to be and being wise stewards of the taxpayers' money, so I, I think that that's a much needed conversation, and I'm happy to report that it's one that all of our leaders, from the governor, the lieutenant governor, the speaker, the transportation commissioners, everybody's on the same page on on that, and I, I think that uh, we can look forward to having a pretty good conversation about. Of being good stewards of taxpayers' money and at the same time protecting our infrastructure and our system. Yeah, so just looking at, at the uh, breakdown in the bill, 109, talking about the infrastructure, the bipartisan infrastructure bill the president signed yesterday, $109 billion to roads, bridges, and major projects, but $7.5 billion to electric vehicles. And if I'm not mistaken, that primarily consists of construction of 500,000 charging stations. Charging stations, primarily. And then uh, sixty-six billion to passenger and freight rail, including a big chunk to Amtrak, which has been losing money for decades. And then public transit, to your point, forty-nine billion. So it looks like we're putting just actually more money in those measures: electric vehicles, public transit, freight, and passenger rail, as we are in roads and bridges. Now, I'm, and that's just a federal matter. I mean, this is all cooked up at the federal level. But sounds like that's likely to fall short of what our needs are in the country with respect to roads, bridges, and and other projects. Sixteen billion for ports and waterways, twenty billion for infrastructure financing, which I don't know exactly what that is. If that's interest cost or what they're talking about there, but well, um, we're going to make sure that we use the money wisely and put it to good use for the people of Mississippi. Brad, I, I'm so glad that you're in charge and and uh, stewarding the ship, if you will. I, I think Thank you're you. a good man and the right man for the job, and and uh, we appreciate your service. Thank you. I appreciate that. Brad White, Executive Director of MDOT, has been our guest. We'll take a break right here. We'll come back with more talk. Chris Green, Ole Miss professor, will be talking about the vaccine mandate lawsuit. Stay with us. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 76. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 56. Wednesday rolls in with mostly sunny conditions, high near 78. Wednesday evening, a slight chance of rain, low around 55. And for your Thursday, a 50-50 shot of showers, mostly cloudy, high near 67. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Ever feel like making an appointment with your doctor takes a lot of time, only to feel rushed through the actual appointment? 
Avoid the hassle at Capital Ortho, where our board-certified, fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons are waiting to treat you immediately with one-on-one professional and personal patient care. Both you and your time matter to the staff at Capital Ortho. To schedule your same-day appointment, call 601-987-8200 or visit CapitalOrtho.com. Stop. David Cox here, Omar Financial. Do you have a 401k, IRA, retirement, or CD coming due? We can help with market-like returns and zero risk. Call David Cox, 957-3841, 957-3841 now. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right, because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal. Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change a life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org. Make a donation and help change your life today. Employers, are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, service specialists have been connecting hard-to-find qualified candidates for employers. Has COVID-19 changed your staffing needs? We have candidates for all of your clerical, administrative, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Call us at 601-898-1085. Service specialists, the expert recruiters, helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967. Now with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, and Oxford. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Attorney General Lynn Fitch has joined a coalition of 12 states in filing a lawsuit against the third of what Fitch called President Biden's vastly overreaching vaccine mandates. The mandate published by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services on November 5th would impact 17 million health care workers, forcing them to be vaccinated by January 4th or find a new job. Fitch said for no other reason than the president's desire to check the box on universal vaccination, these healthcare heroes are being forced to choose between vaccination and their jobs. And Friday, the Lee County Sheriff's Department received a tip from the FBI regarding a possible threat to a Lee County church. An investigation revealed an individual made a comment on social media saying that he was planning a mass murder at his church the next Sunday. 20-year-old Ryan Evans of Saltillo has been taken into custody and charged with making a terrorist threat. Bond was set at $100,000. I'm Andy Davis. This is Jake Mangum for Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. One of the most underrated attributes in baseball is determination. It's one thing to want to do something and another altogether to get it done. That's why I love the team at Farm Bureau. They get the job done every single time. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfdins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Play the newly renovated Dancing Rabbit. Golf Magazine's The Augusta You Can Play. In the rolling hills of Mississippi, it's one of the Southeast's most awarded destinations. Dancing Rabbit boasts two critically acclaimed Par 72 courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. With great stay-and-play packages starting at just $143, Dancing Rabbit will quickly become your home away from home. Only at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, a Pearl River Resort destination, Choctaw, Mississippi. Visit DancingRabbitGolf.com to book your tea time. 
join us each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for the Word of Truth here on Super Talk Mississippi. That's the Word of Truth each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station or online at supertalk.fm. Supertalk.fm, Supertalk.fm, your one stop for all the news that matters in the Magnolia State. Supertalk.fm, everything you need to know at your fingertips. Supertalk.fm is with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Supertalk Mississippi. And Nancy Wilson Hart. Welcome back, Middays. Gerard and Will in the studio, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. So, uh, lots of text rolling in on the ceasefire text line. We so thank you for joining the conversation. 601-879-4395. Really appreciate Brad uh, coming in there. You know... I feel like, Will, to a great extent, that a, a vacuum sort of formed at MDOT prior to Brad coming on board. And when vacuums form, vacuums of, of communication and information, then all sorts of content, communication, information, data begins to matriculate. But it's not coming from the source, and it and it appears to be factual, grounded uh, in fact, but often it's not. And that's what happens when the authority, who which should be the source of such information, is not out in the front. Brad takes a different approach. He's listening and meeting with his team, and he's communicating on behalf of the agency, which is the way it should work. So he's getting ahead of it. And like his discussion about the uh, the standards with respect to the deterioration of asphalt, that there are standards for that, and, th- and those are measured, and, and that's when action is taken uh, to complete repairs. That's the way it should be. It's not random. It's it's rooted in some degree of engineering fact, obviously. And and so I appreciate him for taking that approach, but more importantly, just for getting out in front of uh, what often is just rumor and hyperbole that just gets widely distributed and and perceived as fact. Because there's no alternative. There's nothing that is is refuting it. So he's doing a good job of that. I just want to point that out. And, and this, it is true in this state, every time the subject of a fuel tax comes up, and I've opposed a fuel tax for quite some time, but every time that subject comes up, there's a big camp that says we absolutely have to raise fuel taxes. We haven't done it since 1987, and our roads and bridges are the worst in the country. And, I mean, all kinds of, again, hyperbole, buses full of school children are going to fall off bridges and stuff like that. And then there's the camp that says, you know, if you look at, 
third-party analyses and ratings of roads and bridges in these uh, in the 50 states, we, we're not too far off of, of being, you know, better than a good number of them. So what's the truth, I think, is the question. But I, And I thought he handled that well, and I appreciate him coming on and talking about that. So just a little bit of follow-up on this whole situation, because we may see, it, again in this session, a proposal to raise fuel taxes. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate <clears throat> that it comes at a time when, you know, gas prices are, are – going up and it's he he made a very good point about electric vehicles the more electric vehicles you see they're not paying their fair share for the road tax right that's right because they're not buying gas and that's also of course that that is the uh, the premise of this pilot program we've talked about it is a pilot program of a per mile fee and, it, and it's all in anticipation at the federal level we're talking about here, folks, not not the state. This is a, a federal pilot that Pete Buttigieg would be in charge of from, from his agency, his his department in the administration. And it, and it is a voluntary pilot. They're looking for people in all 50 states to volunteer to uh, use some mechanism, whatever they're going to do. They they're, they're haven't decided how they will track mileage, how they, they be in the federal government. But track your miles, and you would pay some fee per mile, some price per mile traveled to the federal government. And my understanding is in this pilot, they're actually going to – you sign up for it as a volunteer, and, and they're going to uh, debit your account whatever account you link to the pilot program, your personal account I'm talking about, and they're going to withdraw from it, and then they're going to refund you. That's the way it's being proposed. And they're looking for volunteers in each of the 50 states to participate. I think at least two individuals in each of the 50 states, plus Puerto Rico. That's in this bipartisan infrastructure bill that just recently passed. I passed yesterday, literally. So, gosh, we'll see where all that goes. Uh, but you, but you know, that's in anticipation for this transition to electric vehicles, where you're not paying a federal mm-hmm. excise tax at the pump because you're not using the pump. Mm-hmm. I just think all that's a little premature. It's, I, there's no question electric vehicles are going to be mainstream in this country. There's absolutely in the world that that is that's clear. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, as long as it's practical and affordable and accessible and functional. If it's not, then it's not time. Uh, but <clears throat> there's tremendous amount of of technology improvement and innovation occurring with respect to batteries and charging and and efficiency of uh, use of electric power. I mean, it's unbelievable the things that are on the boards they're just not they're not they're not fully cooked not fully baked but it's coming these are just technical problems and i it wouldn't hurt my feelings if i didn't have to go buy gas and i could charge my vehicle at a rate which was considerably less per mile so to speak than gas yeah i'm all over that without losing any functionality i get mm-hmm. same or better performance and not a big range problem and and all those things that we're used to with respect to convenience of the that, traditional to car. To me, the, the, 
the biggest issue people have is range. They call it range anxiety. Is the fact that you can't go that far without having to charge the thing. Yeah. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine not too long ago who went to Atlanta. Uh, he lives in Mississippi. He has a Tesla that he bought recently, and he had to go to Atlanta for a wedding, and he had to stop somewhere in between. I can't remember where, but he stopped there for about 45 minutes to charge his vehicle for a little while, which is not convenient. Right. Stopping, You don't want to stop for 45 minutes to have to, you know, you think about filling up at a gas station versus charging for 45 minutes. But he got there, he charged his vehicle when he got, and he did the same thing when he came back. So it's not convenient right now. Uh, if you're going even further, it's even worse. If you're going to a rural area, it's even worse than that. But most people don't travel that every day. Right. Um, so there's pros and cons to it i'm seeing more and more vehicles electric vehicles on the road i was in chickasaw county my home county just a few weeks ago driving through and i saw two teslas i never in a million years in chickasaw county in chickasaw county mississippi i would see teslas but yes i did i saw two of them i see them every used to be when you would see an electric vehicle like whoa there goes a tesla how about that I see them every day so much that I just another car now. Yeah. Well, it, and and you're going to see more and more and more of them because these manufacturers are creating more and more and more of them. There's no question about it. And so I, I think I think kind of taking a stand and saying, "Oh no, these things are never going to happen. Electric vehicles are not practical, and and we're just not going there. And I'll never have one." I mean, the reality is every single auto manufacturer on the planet is investing yep. heavily in electric and autonomous vehicles, and I, I I don't know that we'll hit the goal of whatever Biden's um, proposal was, 50 percent by 2030, I think is the number that sticks in my head. I don't know if we'll get there, but I, I do think we are going to make a transition and and I think there's just a lot of work. I read about it almost on a daily basis. A lot of work being done on improving all of the objections to owning an electric vehicle. What did you call it? Uh, range anxiety. Range anxiety. There's no question. That's an issue. It's a problem. It's a problem for me. I think it's a problem for most uh, motorists. But that that's going to change. There's yeah, no it, question about it. And it, it's impro- I mean, in the past ten years, look where it's gone. I remember when. They first introduced the Tesla electric car, and, you know, it was a novelty. It was super expensive. It didn't go very far. You could you could only put two people in it. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of creature comforts. And now look where they are. The F-150. Ford is about to come out with the, they call it the Ford Lightning. It's an electric truck that can charge your house if your power goes out. I mean, the thing is fantastic. Uh, and people are going to line up to buy these things. There's no question. It's it's coming. These are technical problems that smart people will figure out. Takes a little time, less than it used to in the old days. The cycle times of these kinds of innovations and inventions is dramatically declined because of tools that are available to address those problems. Just don't force it before it's time. That's the issue. I guarantee you there are people that were riding horses going, I'm never getting in a car. What? Are you crazy? (laughs) That's true. That's true. We'll step aside for a little break right here. We'll come back with more talk. And then after the 12 o'clock break, it's Christopher Green, law professor at Ole Miss. Stay with us.
The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Helium Corporation is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Protect and grow your business with Pilium. By improving business practices with technology-driven solutions, Pilium solves problems and creates new opportunities for your company. Learn more at Pilium.com. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family owned and operated. We're located in Gladstadt, south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful with trees, shrubs, fall color plants, soils, and mulches. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store. Our entire store turns into a Christmas wonderland with a large selection of permanent Christmas trees, wreaths, garlands, angels, nativities, ornaments, and much more. Callaway's fresh-cut Christmas trees, wreaths, and garlands will arrive a few days before Thanksgiving. Our landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Give Callaway's a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store. You will not be disappointed. Bring the family and enjoy the day. Callaway's Bloodstone that on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Calories is, Calories is, everything for home and garden, that's what Calories is. This is a midday agri-market report for the Mississippi Agri-News Network. I'm Bob Sullender. Smithfield Packaged Meats Corporation will develop an infectious disease preparedness plan and pay a small fine as part of the settlement with the U.S. Department of Labor following a citation issued to the company for allegedly not protecting its workers from COVID-19 at its Sioux Falls, South Dakota port processing plant. Smithfield was forced to close the plant for 25 days in spring of 2020 in an attempt to contain the spread of COVID-19. By June the 16th, 2020, 1,294 Smithfield workers had tested positive for COVID-19 and four had died, according to OSHA reports. Smithfield will pay a fine of $13,494 and has agreed to assemble a team of company and third-party experts to develop a plan it will implement in all of its plants. To put the potential penalty into perspective, farmers and other landowners who violated Clean Water Act, for example, can face potential fines for tens of thousands of dollars per day. For the Mississippi Network, I'm Bob Sullender. Are you a landlord whose renters can't pay due to COVID? Don't evict. Ramp up. Ramp is the rental assistance from Mississippians program administered by the Mississippi Home Corporation. If you have tenants who need help paying past due and future rent or utilities where they're currently renting from you, Ramp may be just what you both need. So don't evict. Learn more at ms-ramp.com and ramp up now. The formula for success is a simple one. Put strong in, get strong out. That's why cotton growers looking to improve yield potential plant Delta Pine brand cotton, including varieties like DP 2012 B3XF, DP 2020 B3XF, and DP 2038 B3XF. Strong is a legacy all its own. Protect yours with strong cotton from Delta Pine. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Green marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. 
This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. We'll do it live. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, middays, Gerard and Will East in the studio today. Will in for the vacationing uh, rhino. So, uh, some questions rolling in uh, that uh, one that caught my, on the ceasefire text line. One that caught my attention this on the 601 ceasefire. Casinos in the lottery was supposed to fund roads and bridges. Want to talk about that a second? It's, this comes up a lot. Uh, first, casino revenue which is transferred uh, to the state general fund. It is uh, not designated for use of roads and bridges. <clears throat> those, those are, it's a gaming tax. Some of it is diverted to the locations where casinos are physically located, physically exist. So that benefits the, the local authorities there. Uh, mainly used for schools, uh, because that's what their biggest part of their budget is. And the same thing is true with the the tax that goes to the uh, the state, the gaming tax. And by the way, it ain't as much as you think it is, folks. It's uh, when you look at a six billion dollar, six billion and change general fund budget. I have to look at it, but I think last year maybe two hundred two hundred million. Came from the gaming tax, uh, so you can do the math on that. That's what three point two percent, something like that. Three point three of the total spending. So it and and where's that money spent? Well, keep in mind, fifty plus percent of general fund money goes to education. Another big consumer of the general fund is Department of Corrections, and then Medicaid. Actually, Medicaid consumes more. The state's portion consumes more than the Department of Corrections. But the three big line items are education, Medicaid, Department of Corrections uh, from the general fund. That's where that money goes. I don't really – I know this comes up a lot. I don't, I don't remember what politicians – honestly, I'm being honest about this – were saying back when uh, authorizing casinos uh, by the legislature was being discussed. But I see this come up a lot where – where folks say, well, yeah, the politicians told us this would so-called fix our education problems. I don't exactly know what the word fix means and how to define that. Is it true that the casinos generate taxes that go to the state of Mississippi's general fund, more than half of which goes to education? Absolutely. That's true. Is that money being spent in uh, a most efficient manner, that's a different. That is a different question, totally, and and one that has nothing to do with authorizing casinos and the money generated from it. 
let's turn our attention to the lottery. I, I know you guys know I've been involved with the lottery since its inception, since shortly after it was signed into law by Governor Bryant in 2018, appointed to the board. Still serve on the board. I haven't had a board meeting this morning, as a matter of fact. So the first $80 million of net proceeds generated from the Mississippi Lottery Corporation in a given fiscal year are transferred to the state treasurer, which then goes in accordance with the law to the state highway fund. So again, that's a chunk of money that goes into the Department of Transportation that is then used appropriately. And the excess over that $80 million in a year goes to a special fund known as the Education Enhancement Fund. That, too, is a special fund. That is not the general fund. And that special fund was created, I want to say, back in the 90s by the legislature. And it's got very specific details on how money is allocated out of that fund. So since the inception of the Mississippi Lottery Corporation in, in November 2019, about 260 plus million. We just had a transfer today. I just saw the the um, press release come across my email. 260, 270 million dollars, roughly, of net proceeds has been generated that went to the state. And uh, and so, as you heard Brad say, I think we've already hit the 80 million dollar mark this fiscal year, or, or certainly close, certainly close to it of the monies that goes to the state highway fund. And then that gets spent as all money that goes into the state highway fund uh, by the Department of Transportation, by the Transportation Commissioners. There are also lots of information about specific projects with respect to roads and bridges funded by lottery monies. And I've asked the Lottery Corporation to, to do a little bit uh, better and improve, I guess, the communications there. That's That information is buried in the annual reports. It's available, let's put it that way, in the annual reports. Um, but that's, that's the way that works. It has, in fact, done quite a bit uh, for roads and bridges. So we're going to take a break right here. It is time for Super Talk News and Fox News. And then Christopher Green, law professor at Ole Miss, is going to talk about the appeals court Lottery, no pun intended. That's what it's called on federal cases with respect to the vaccine mandates. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. News. I'm Lillian Wu. The jury in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial has begun deliberations after hearing from the judge. Members of the jury, it is uh, for you uh, to determine whether the defendant is guilty or not guilty of each of the offenses charged. You must make a finding as to each count in the information. Outside the courthouse in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the National Guard on alert for possible protests. This morning, 12 of the 18 jurors were chosen. Rittenhouse himself actually choosing the names out of a wooden tumbler here in Kenosha. The six names he picked are the jurors that will now be on standby. Fox's Alexis McAdams in Kenosha. And officials in southern Louisiana are searching for a woman who bit off part of an officer's ear when he tried to break up a fight between several women in a bar parking lot just after midnight Friday. The injured officer is recovering after being treated at a local medical facility. America's listening to Fox News. 
As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105. Call today. Catch Madison Central Jaguar football right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3 each Friday night during the season. Brought to you in part by List for Less. Go to buyhomeswithsusan.com. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland has your answers for urinary issues. The Incella treatment option for urinary leakage is your solution. Sit down comfortably, remain fully clothed, and get rid of incontinence problems. If you have 10 minutes to spare and think this treatment option could change your life, call Innovative Health Clinic today to set up a free appointment, 601-944-5585, or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Before President Biden signed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act Monday, he reiterated a promise he's made before regarding how it will be paid for. No one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a single penny in federal taxes. He also highlighted one of the key provisions of the bill. This law is going to start to replace 100% of the nation's lead pipes and service lines. So every American, every child can turn on the faucet and drink clean water. Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker said roads, bridges, broadband, ports, rail, and clean water are the building blocks of a healthy economy. He further stated that this legislation focuses on those core priorities, and he's happy to see it finally signed into law. So what's next? Congress will now tackle Biden's social spending plan. Democrats say they have agreed on a framework to pay for that package and want to see the richest Americans and businesses pay their fair share of taxes. I'm Andy Davis. And action. Our favorite restaurant's open again. I'm so pumped to be back on campus. So happy the kids will be back in school. What? <laughs> Stop. Wait, I can't do this. Life is not back to normal. COVID is not over. I got my shot. Are you guys even vaccinated? The only way to beat this thing is for us all to be vaccinated. I mean, the variants are deadly. So please, please, please do it today. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. Are you a landlord whose renters can't pay due to COVID? Don't evict. Ramp up. Ramp is the rental assistance from Mississippians program administered by the Mississippi Home Corporation. If you have tenants who need help paying past due and future rent or utilities where they're currently renting from you, Ramp may be just what you both need. So don't evict. Learn more at ms-ramp.com and ramp up now. Jamie Scott and her sister Gladys were sentenced to two life sentences in the early 90s for their involvement in an armed robbery. WLBT recounts that while neither of the Scott sisters were involved in the crime, officials claim they helped plan it. Jamie and Gladys's sentences were commuted after almost 20 years in prison, and they were released, soon becoming advocates. Jamie, the oldest of the two, recently passed away due to complications from COVID-19. She'll be laid to rest Saturday in Pensacola, Florida. And the Mississippi Public Service Commission has charged eight companies with alleged no-call violations. Northern District Commissioner Brandon Presley said an investigation found that these companies made hundreds of illegal calls and could be subject to a combined total of over $5 million in fines. Presley said consumer complaints are taken seriously and no effort is spared in tracking down and prosecuting predatory telemarketers. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. 
Hey, it's Richard Cross. Join us every weekday for the College Football Fix, driven by Ford. The all-new 2021 Ford F-150 is here with available interior work surface for putting in work. Standard sync Ford technology plus a huge 12-inch touchscreen and pro-power onboard outlets for all kinds of jobs. Not only is the all-new 2021 Ford F-150 tough, it's smart. Built Ford proud. Built Ford tough. See a Ford dealer near you for details. And don't miss the College Football Fix, driven by Ford. Want to infuse new flavor into your favorite recipes? Try Polk's Smoked Sausages or delicious ham steaks. Add Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausage in your spaghetti. It adds just the right amount of spicy flavor. Polk's Cajun Sausage is a family pleaser in your famous red beans and rice. Your bayou friends jambalaya is even better when you mix it with Polk's Ham and Sausage. And for Grandma's old-time chili recipe, kick it up with Polk's Original Beef or Pork Sausages. There's no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. And now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like listening. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Middays, Gerard and Will in the studio today. Thanks so much for joining us. And joining us now on the line, Christopher Green, law professor at Ole Miss. Professor, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. It's uh, it's quite exciting. Uh, I was uh, I was just uh, uh, asking some of my appellate litigation specialist friends uh, when we can expect this lottery result. They said, uh, the, "Do it when they do it." <laughs> um, so it's uh, it, it's uh, it's one of the most exciting appellate litigation uh, uh, federal courts days uh, for for that kind of arcana. So, professor, for the benefit of our audience, can you kind of walk us through this this sequence of events, how we got to where we are? We we had lawsuits filed, right? That uh, we had a, a court of appeals rule on, and then, if I'm not mistaken, there was appeal an appeal to that, right? Which got struck down. Yeah. Well, the, so the way it works okay. um, when you, when the when an administrative agency like OSHA does something, okay. So we got the Occupational uh, Safety Health Administration. They come out with this rule for any employer bigger than a hundred uh, employees. Everybody's got to get vaccinated or get fired or have some kind of testing regimen. Yeah. And there's two things you can do at that point. One is to file a lawsuit in a trial court. So uh, there were some lawsuits filed. Uh, several states got together in one of the district courts, the federal trial courts in Louisiana. Uh, Attorney General Fitch was, was in on that. Some other folks, uh, Aaron Rice, uh, uh, with, uh, with, with some, some private parties were, were in on that lawsuit. So that's in a federal trial court, uh, and that's de- challenging both the OSHA mandate and the federal contractor mandate. Uh, lots of issues there. Another thing you can do when an agency does something is you can petition straight to a court of appeals. 
So hmm. we have 12 different courts of appeals. Uh, the Fifth Circuit is our, our circuit, uh, Louis, uh, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. And they uh, acted in response to their petition. But there's a procedure if people, if there's more than one petition for the same administrative rule, and they go to different circuits, they, uh, so they file petitions to review uh, this rule in, in different circuits. Basically, they wait 10 days to see how many circuits it gets challenged in, and it turns out it was in uh, almost all of them. So uh, uh, the First Circuit, the Second Circuit, all the way up to the 11th Circuit, the D.C. Circuit also has a petition. Hmm. And uh, there's only one circuit left because it, uh, it uh, only deals with patents and, like, uh, suing the government for money damages the federal circuit. So we got these 12 circuits, and the rule, there's a statute. Um, so if you're looking for music to listen to, you can listen to the Rush song uh, 2112, because that's the section number, 28 U.S. Code 2112. <laughs> and it says you, uh, they wait 10 days, see, uh, uh, see how many petitions, and then they have a randomly selected uh, process uh, done by the, uh, uh, the MDL, the Multi-District Litigation Panel. And this is purely random. They have special rules that they say they put, they literally put ping pong balls uh, in a drum, in a wooden drum. And they pick it out, and they're going to tell us which of these circuits uh, uh, they go. So now the Fifth Circuit has already said, we think this, uh, this rule is probably unconstitutional. Uh, none of the other circuits have acted on it, but, I mean, because the Fifth Circuit acted, uh, there, there wasn't a whole lot to do. But, um, but the uh, Section 2112 explicitly says that when uh, we find out who wins this lottery, uh, that circuit uh, can vacate, can uh, uh, basically undo a stay that any of the other uh, uh, circuits had done in the meantime. So it's explicit in the statute that this Fifth Circuit decision is going to be subject to uh, being undone by whatever circuit gets us. And, of course, after that happens... Uh, you, you can go uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, and this seems, I would think, about as likely as anything uh, uh, to be a, a pretty clear slam dunk for, for uh, the Supreme Court eventually looking at this. Uh, it's possible the lower court will be sufficiently uh, clear in its reasoning. The Supreme Court might say, well, we just agree with that. Yeah. But I, I would think the Supreme Court is, is going to look at this uh, before too long. Wow. So it's my understanding, Professor, that, that once this lottery is drawn and, and, and venue, I guess, at that point is established, that all future cases also would be heard by that court? Yeah, so they get all so all of the petitions then get transferred, all the petitions for okay. review. Okay. okay, so we've got the lawsuits. So basically you file a lawsuit in a federal trial court uh, when you have possible fact-finding. So uh, the Fifth Circuit, they're not going to hear witnesses. They're not going to look at, the, you're not going to have a deposition that you, uh, uh, you file at the, at the Fifth Circuit or anything like that. So if you need fact-finding uh, related to the legality of a petition, you have to do that in the district court. So that litigation can still go on in just all the district courts. Uh, but then the, all the petitions get consolidated in that one uh, lottery winner, mm -hmm. and uh, they'll they'll make the decision, and they'll so the first thing they'll do is decide whether to uh, uh, stay the uh, the rule, and that immediate decision on the stay 
would be subject to review at the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. So we would get, uh, and the, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have to say anything about it at that point, but uh, you know, when, when whoever, which I, either side uh, uh, goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, if any of the justices want to say what they think about the constitutionality or the consistency with the OSHA statute, uh, they can do that then. Um, so it's pretty likely, we'll, I would think, uh, here within you know, a few weeks, certainly uh, uh, within the next couple months, um, what the U.S. Supreme Court thinks about it. Hmm. Do you have an opinion on it, Professor, what the likely outcome would be? Well, it's so there are a number of challenges. So there's, I mean, one big interesting doctrine which the court has indicated they're interested in, in looking at again is something called the non-delegation doctrine. Yeah. So this is a doctrine that was used in 1935 to strike down two very big statutes in the New Deal and hasn't been used by the Supreme Court in any other year. But the Fifth Circuit, in their opinion from last Friday, said we think that this is uh, has serious doubts about the constitutionality under non-delegation, whether Congress could do this. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the biggest, most, uh, from my con law teaching uh, perspective, the most exciting uh, or interesting, maybe frightening for, for people who are worried about administrative uh, 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 state, their administrative state getting struck down as unconstitutional. I think it's more likely that what, they, what they'll say is, well, such a big question as this, it's not a transfer of legislative power to the executive, but it's such a big question, we would expect Congress to be explicit about it, and they haven't been explicit in the OSHA Act, so we're going to construe the statute to say they, they, can't, uh, they can't do it. So that's called the major questions doctrine. I would think that's probably the most likely outcome. Hmm. There are also some uh, just administrative law things. You can say, well, they should have had better notice and comment before Issuing, the, issuing this rule. They should have be, given uh, better uh, uh, answers to counter-arguments, so there's something called Overton Park uh, Arbitrary and Capricious Review. Either of those are a possible way to resolve it, um, but there's a bunch of hurdles that the administration has to get over. It seems relatively unlikely that they'll get over all of them. What about this uh, grave danger? I'm sorry, what about this grave danger legal standard? Well, it's um, so that's some language that they uh, that they used in. Uh, um, I think the uh, yeah the OSHA Act has some uh, right. uh, some language like that. The idea is you know if you're at a workplace and you've got a, a big buzzsaw that's you know unnecessarily dangerous. Uh, you know think if you think of the, the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, that kind of of mm-hmm. uh, circumstance where people have blocked exits, they can't get away, of a dangerous situation at work. That's the sort of condition that causes the early 20th century workplace regulation stuff to get passed. So the OSHA is coming in in that kind of environment. And it's not obvious that a uh, a virus uh, getting spread at work or spread among people uh, who are at work uh, is a perfect fit. One problem with the administration defending it is saying, well, you know, a virus is kind of like a fire, um, is that the rule doesn't make any uh, consideration of, you know, for instance, how many people are in a workplace, how close they are. Yeah. Are they all in their own offices? So I'm right now in my own office, and uh, the, the mask mandate we have at Ole Miss only applies when I step out into the hallway. <laughs> Uh, and it would be a very different workplace if I had to had to wear my mask even when I'm in my office. Um, but you know, in terms of vaccination requirements, there'd be you know uh, 
obviously that's not going to uh, change uh, depending on like you know where yeah. you are in the building. Uh, but how you know how likely is it the particular employee is going to to spread uh, uh, Professor? Uh, we spread got a coronavirus. We got work. a break right here. Can you hang with us? Want to talk to you a little bit more about this and the abortion case? Oh sure, yeah, that's 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 coming up too. We'll be right back after the break with Christopher Green, University of Mississippi law professor. Stay with us. The Waterford and Ridgeland understands that during this pandemic, choosing the right retirement community is more important than ever. Not only do our residents enjoy exceptional services, but also the peace of mind that comes from knowing their health and safety are our number one priority. With safety in mind, our families are able to engage with loved ones during this pandemic, not disconnect. The Waterford offers spacious studios, one- and two-bedroom apartments. Come see why more people are making the safe step to retirement living at the Waterford today. Call us at 601-856-6130. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Two Mississippi museums, the Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, invites you to our holiday open house, Saturday, November 20th, and our Christmas by the Candlelight Tour on December 3rd. These events are open to the public and holiday trains begin running on December 1st. Bring the whole family and enjoy these events. While visiting, take a tour of Mississippi history through our two museums, located on North Street with free covered parking on North Jefferson Street. Come enjoy the holiday fun at two Mississippi museums. The Gallo Radio Show is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare. Feel better, faster. Catch Madison Central Jaguar football right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3 each Friday night during the season. Brought to you in part by Hawsey Insurance. HawseyInsurance.com. This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We are located in Gluckstadt, south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful with trees, shrubs, fall color plants, soils, and mulches. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store. Our entire store turns into a Christmas wonderland with a large selection of permanent Christmas trees, wreaths, garlands, angels, nativities, ornaments, and much more. Callaway's fresh cut Christmas trees, wreaths, and garlands will arrive a few days before Thanksgiving. Our landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Give Callaway's a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store. You will not be disappointed. Bring the family and enjoy the day. Callaway's Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back, everyone. Middays, Gerard and Will in the studio. We've got Christopher Green. He is a law professor at Ole Miss. So, Professor Green, uh, before I ask you about this, these abortion cases, you're probably aware that uh, the state of Mississippi has also joined several other states in suing uh, the Biden administration, I think 12 other states, uh, on vaccine mandates for health care workers. I think specifically that applies to um, healthcare institutions and workers that work for those organizations that also participate in Medicaid and Medicare. So there's really two aspects of the of the vaccine mandate issued by the president. There there's that piece for federal contractors, federal work actually it's federal contractors, and then there's the piece for private employers with more than a hundred employees. I think this refers to uh, the former. Right, that this this deals with. I guess they're construed as contractors, a healthcare institution that participates in Medicare and Medicaid. That's right. There's so there's there's two different provisions for contractors. One is specifically under Medicaid, uh, which has had kind of a, a long uh, long history since uh, since 1965, and the other is a much more general federal contractor. So mm-hmm. Ole Miss is subject to the federal contractor rule in general because we have all these uh all these fe- all this federal money that comes in for for different things uh but the healthcare workers is specifically with the medicaid mm-hmm. both of those are being challenged um basically the the argument is that re- uh, uh, requiring vaccines is not germane to the funding uh of uh whatever the activities are so the uh, the arguments are going to be a little bit different for every individual piece of federal funding so you know for instance we have we get money from uh uh the uh oh i don't know the the uh, uh NOAA, the national yeah. oceanic uh, administration and you know that doesn't have anything to do with uh with me- with vaccines so uh the argument that that would be you know the restriction for that contract would be germane uh is a lot harder to make than you know for healthcare workers and having healthcare workers who are constantly exposed to people who are sick well you know there's obviously uh a, a different uh argument for germaneness but uh but the, but the big precedent uh uh in in both of those cases i think is this Enford versus Sibelius case from 2012 when they struck down the Medicaid expansion they said you can't tell states that it's all or nothing, uh, expanded Medicaid or no Medicaid at all, because the threat to cut off the old Medicaid doesn't have any purpose other than coercing the acceptance of uh, the additional uh, offer, and co- and that's not germane to the original uh, uh, Medicaid. So it... Um, it opened up a new uh, a new era of attacks on conditional funding schemes, and uh, that's I think the basic uh, area of law that uh, that those lawsuits will be considering. Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see how how all that plays out. So, would would that is that another suit that would that would uh, I guess be heard uh, and come before the court and whatever <laughs> whichever is decided upon by this lottery. No, so that would not be, I think, the lottery. Okay. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't been following all of the the different suits about the contractors, but I think most of those have been filed in district courts, or maybe all, even all of them, uh, because there's a need for fact finding. Okay, I got you. Uh, so because you because you need to find facts, you can't just go straight to the appeals court. Mm-hmm. So the lottery today, that's going to be the OSHA mandate for employers of all employers. 
whether they've done anything of, uh, related to the federal government or not, uh, above 100 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the thing that the Fifth Circuit has, uh, has put on hold and which uh, we're going to find out uh, at some point in the next few hours what, uh, what circuit uh, is, is going to take it. Mm. Um, but a, uh, yeah, fr- uh, uh, somebody I know, I know on the Twitter uh, who pays a, a lot of attention to uh, the comp- composition of the various circuit courts, he, he tweeted out a list of uh, which circuits are uh, most likely to have the OSHA uh, challenges uh, succeed and which going to be least. So uh, he lists the uh, 5, 6, 8, and 11 as the most likely to be favorable for the challengers. Uh, 1, 4, 9, and D.C. is the least favorable. And in the middle, uh, uh, 2, 3, and 7. And I think he'd probably put the 10th Circuit. 10th mm-hmm. Circuit had a late, uh, was a late entrant. Uh, <laughs> so at one point they said all the regional ones except 10th. And they're like, oh, we've even got a 10th, 10th Circuit one. So, well, how uh, long has this lottery process been around? I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, Professor. How long has it been around? I mean, has this been used before? I've never heard of this before. So I gotta confess, I had never heard of it myself uh, before uh, last week. Um, it has been around since 1988. Uh, before then, you had uh, essentially a race to the courthouse. So yeah. the first people to petition would, uh, the first court to he- get a petition would be able to hear it. Um, an awful lot of these petitions are heard by the D.C. Circuit. Okay, so that's a, a, a court that is in D.C. Um, you have to have some kind of factual hook uh, to have a, a regulation being being uh, uh, re- uh, made on you in in that circuit. Okay, so if they're doing things in D.C., it's, it's it's just easier to to establish that for the D.C. circuit. But also, you're just closest. Uh, you're going to the people who are, are uh, day in day out uh, knowing about the regulations that are coming down the pike. You know, it's much much easier to file those in the D.C. circuit than any of the other ones. Um, uh, so I think they won a bunch of those races before 1988, but they, they thought, well, let's have a lottery. Uh, yeah. And in general, in the 80s, a, a lot of people thought uh, there was too much of the federal administrative apparatus uh, uh, in the D.C. area. It's still a massive, massive amount of it. You go to northern Virginia, my goodness, it's, it's practically a wholly owned subsidiary of the federal government, uh, huge, huge areas, but, uh, and it's always getting bigger, but um, some of the growth of the government has been, uh, has been out in the provinces. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, I, I even discussed it with a couple of uh, attorneys I work with and asked them. They'd never heard of it either. So if you have a professor and they have it and <laughs> your profession has it, it, it just made me wonder, when's the last time this ever came up? And what is unique about this situation that requires it? Yeah, it's it's basically the fact that it's a uh, they they try to streamline the process to uh, just go straight to the court of appeals uh, to have a petition, and when you tried to streamline it, it produced a uh, a race to the courthouse. So yeah. once they once they had that race to the courthouse uh, uh, phenomenon, they thought, well, let's not just get the input of the D.C. Circuit all the time. Let's let's get the input of these these other uh, these other judges as well. But uh, but I yeah I. So it's done. It's it's administered by this thing called the Panel on Multi District Litigation, which has been an increasingly important part of federal courts. So I uh, I actually decided I've got to add, I'm going to add a page of my notes to my federal courts class just specifically about the MDLs. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of attorneys in Mississippi, uh, you may have may have heard of spending a, a lot of time up in West Virginia 
because they got a big MDL related to some medical litigation that uh, there's some people on the coast that I mean, do huge numbers of these cases, but they're at the initial stage uh, uh, pretrial stuff is being done, handled by a district court in, in West Virginia, so it's like, well, we're going to we're going to fly up there uh, quite a bit. Mm. And uh, some of the judges say, hey, you know, if we could get an MDL here, we could get people to fly down to Mississippi. <laughs> but you got to – that process uh, for the trials is uh, – that's related there, – there's a bunch of decision-making related to the subject matter. The lottery is like literally just a ping-pong ball. I got you. Um, but the MDL, they, it's, it's a much more complicated process. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to teach my students uh, uh, starting next year uh, much more about that. <laughs> we got a couple of minutes left. All right, so what about, let's turn our attention to these abortion cases, of which uh, Mississippi, of course, is front and center as a, as a party, as a plaintiff in that. Well, what do you think? Well, it's, uh, I mean, there was, I, so I was just in D.C. this last weekend with the uh, the Federal Society group, and there was a lot of buzz. People are wondering about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people have a lot of information. So, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the Supreme Court itself has uh, historically just been, you know, uh, heroically tight-lipped in terms of, you know, you just don't know anything about what they're what they're thinking. So, you know, one thing we're wondering is how upset are the justices going to be that the uh, that the merits brief that we filed was so much more aggressive than the cert petition, yeah. um, but uh, you know, so that's one question that's certainly going to come come at Mississippi out of the box is uh, why is your merits brief so much more aggressive? And the answer is you know probably going to say, well, you know, the court itself uh, turned down two of the questions presented, and they only granted uh, the question presented that was the most general. And, you know, reevaluating Roe and Casey is, is, is encompassed in that, so that's why they, they did that. I got you. Straightforward way to do it, but it's, uh, it's hard to know, but it's uh, just a couple weeks away, so yep. we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see shortly. We'll keep an eye out on it and uh, hope to get you back to talk about that some more as we get into that and some of this other stuff happening with uh, respect to this lottery. We appreciate you coming on, Professor. It's been a good discussion. Thank you, sir. Enjoyed it. We'll take a break right here, middays, uh, buffing you out with Boston. Stay tuned. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 76. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 56. Wednesday rolls in with mostly sunny conditions, high near 78. Wednesday evening, a slight chance of rain, low around 55. And for your Thursday, a 50-50 shot of showers, mostly cloudy, high near 67. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Stop. David Cox here, Omar Financial. Do you have a 401k, IRA, retirement, or CD coming due? We can help with market-like returns and zero risk. Call David Cox, 957-3841, 957-3841 now. 
My great-uncle, John Juniker, started Juniker Jewelry Company right here in Jackson in 1944. He was followed by his nephew, my dad, Ted Ravenstein. Then all his children, including my John, followed him in the business. And I joined Uncle John as the fourth generation here at Junikers. I'm Corey. I'm John. And I'm Rachel Ravenstein. Inviting you to join our family this season at Juniker Jewelry Company as we celebrate over seven decades as Mississippi's direct diamond importer. Today we have ten times the selection of diamonds, engage rings, and fine jewelry you'll find in any other store in the state. All at the guaranteed best price in Mississippi. For your diamond. I'm an engager ring. For the ultimate Christmas gift. This holiday, come home to Juniker Jewelry Company. Because love can't wait. Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and online at junikerjewelry.com. Juniker Jewelry, because love can't wait. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store. LS Tractor understands your passion for the land, and just like you, LS Tractor is committed to excellence and superior products. LS Tractor comes with a long list of standard features that are unmatched by other brands and backed with the LS commitment to provide exceptional customer service and satisfaction. You get a lot more for your money with the LS Tractor. Come to the Tractor Store in Richland to experience the LS difference. The Tractor Store in Richland. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Before President Biden signed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act Monday, he reiterated a promise he's made before regarding how it will be paid for. No one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a single penny in federal taxes. He also highlighted one of the key provisions of the bill. This law is going to start to replace 100% of the nation's lead pipes and service lines. So every American, every child can turn on the faucet and drink clean water. Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker said roads, bridges, broadband, ports, rail, and clean water are the building blocks of a healthy economy. He further stated that this legislation focuses on those core priorities, and he's happy to see it finally signed into law. So what's next? Congress will now tackle Biden's social spending plan. Democrats say they have agreed on a framework to pay for that package and want to see the richest Americans and businesses pay their fair share of taxes. I'm Andy Davis. When it comes to your business IT solutions, smarter is better. Meet the authority from Seaspire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities. Connectivity, data security, cloud services, you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. Seaspire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit cspire.com slash business. Gallo here. Look, we all know this. Increasing your ACT score could save you thousands of dollars in college tuition. The Jumpstart Test Prep Online Review has helped thousands of students improve their scores, and they can help you too. JumpstartTestPrep.com reviews all the must-know contents and provides the tips, the strategies, and timed practices you need. Purchase the entire review or just the subjects you need the most help with at JumpstartTestPrep.com. 
testprep.com. Use promo code JUMP, J-U-M-P, at the checkout to save 30% on your purchase. JumpstartTestPrep.com. Super Talk Mississippi, your new home for the Ben Shapiro Show. We don't hold back. We never shy away from telling you the truth. The most electrifying national talk show on air today. We have the most important guests and the biggest thinkers in America. Ben Shapiro, brutally breaking down the issues of the day. From politics to pop culture, we take a look at all of it. So don't miss out. Weeknights at 9. For something new and unique in talk radio, take a listen to the Ben Shapiro Show. On Super Talk Mississippi. You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. We'll do it live. On Super Talk Mississippi. for joining us on Midday Super Talk Mississippi. Little CSN, long time gone. Appreciate that on the all-hit request line there. So is it CSN or CSNY? I believe that one was CSN, if I'm not mistaken. I I think that was... uh, did not include Neil Young. That particular song, and I think that, if I'm not mistaken, that entire album was uh, produced by CSN, performed by CSN, not CSNY. That was was always kind of a weird deal. Well, Neil was not always with him. That's the (laughs) bottom line. (laughs) It's like you got Fleetwood, but you don't have Mac. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So pretty sure that was just Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, So so on the ceasefire text line, Ron in Columbus writes, so I guess the government is going to buy individuals a car they can't afford, that they can't afford. I think that's what he says, if I'm reading that correctly. Well, it is true that there is an a automobile electric vehicle tax credit that is currently available, 7500 bucks. It's going to go to 12500 as part of this plan from uh, coming from... The Biden administration. Yeah, so, again, the point is, we're just in the infancy of this whole electric vehicle deal. So think about think about this as being the bag phone era of cell phones. That's where we are with respect to EVs. We're you in see the them bag occasionally, phone. but they're not... Yeah. It's not and, everyone that you see. Yeah, and they're not functional, not practical for everyone, but it's coming. Another interesting question was whether or not you'd have to pay for the public charging stations. Best I can tell, you won't. Best I can tell. But I couldn't find anything really specific to that. It just is constantly referred to as public charging station so i i gathered from that and the amount of money we're dumping in that of course that's not permanent to pay for that but i don't think they're going to be my understanding is these public charging stations some five hundred thousand that would be installed it is my understanding there there won't be like a card a credit card reader built into them to pay Hmm. for the electricity that's my understanding i could be wrong if somebody knows better please let us know but the best I could uh, tell from researching that, that's the case. 
But again, remember, the goal is to get you into EVs and to make that as painless and cost-effective as possible in the name of saving the planet, even though the friendly California commie <laughs> on the C-SPIRE text, text line says that we're too smart to dismiss climate change. And it's not climate change that we're dismissing. It's the continuous and legacy of lies about it. It's just been lies. How many times have we heard the Armageddon scenario predicted over and over and over again, and not one damn time has any of that ever come to pass? Not the, one. And the hypocrisy of it, too. John yeah. Kerry telling you to, you know, you got to do this, this, and this if you want to save the planet. And then he's jetting around, not just for work. But for per, you know, when he went to Obama's 50th birthday party or whatever right. it was, 60th, whatever, whichever one it was, he took a private jet. Yeah, and and have multiple houses. It's Al Gore and his 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 kingdom of houses and his private jets. And but then lecturing us and scolding us and and uh, basically putting their fingers in our eyes and saying you got to quit using all those fossil fuels. Hey, look, it's the same deal with the whole mask deal, right? The mask mandates and the and all the various COVID protective measures. It's it's not so much that. It's largely believed that those are of no value. It's just that you would get a lot more cooperation if you put them into practice, other than when the camera is right on you and you're doing it totally to virtue signal and send some some message of superiority. But yet, when you're out of the out of the view of the camera, or at least you think you are, then uh, you, your mask is off. All bets are off at that point. So nobody takes uh, seriously any of that crap. That's the bottom line. And the same is true with respect to climate change. And the other thing is, it's, is there just broad consensus yet about the impact man is having on the climate? I still just scratch my head and say, I'm not sure, honestly. It, uh, it seems plausible. But then you can't get broad consensus on that. There, there are scientists and meteorologists who say that's just horse hockey. And then there are those who have been telling us 20 years the planet's going to disappear in 10 years. So it, it's, it, when, you, when you sort of take it to that extreme level of hyperbole and doom and gloom catastrophic prediction and it doesn't come to pass, you don't get taken seriously. You're just chicken little, the sky's falling. It's just simple as that. So speak to us about with facts. Give us something that makes sense, something we could sink our teeth into and go to the bank with. You've not done that yet. And let's face it, the United States, is, this is proven. I mean, this is just fact. We've reduced our carbon emissions dramatically, certainly way more than the rest of the civilized world, the Western world. But then you get over into China and India – and by the way, India is now requesting of of the climate people, the worldwide climate people, uh, they're, they're requesting of them to relax some of the air quality standards in their country so they can burn more coal due to the cost of all these uh, so-called green sources. That just happened like within the last couple of weeks. I, I read a report about that. So... They have this big C-26 summit or whatever it's called. Nothing gets accomplished. And the biggest offenders are those nations that just thumb their nose at this whole deal. 
And and Biden has his his meeting, his his uh, video meeting with uh, Jinping, and they get nothing accomplished. He just looks weak, weak, weak. Nothing. Jinping's just laughing at him. That's that's my perception of it, at least. So. Uh, again, that's why you can't get people to, to take this sort of stuff seriously. Uh, so I guess the caveman's fire caused the Ice Age climate from Ron and Columbus. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a lot of things to, I guess, consume and absorb uh, with respect to that. Larry and Jackson said, so who pays? Again, that's assuming that this charging is free. Larry, I would assume then that those are going to be owned and operated by the federal government. They'll absorb the cost of the electricity to to power them. Uh, that's my take on it. Yeah. Again, I could, I'm confessing I can't find any details on that. And I looked. So I could be wrong. Maybe it is a, a pay-for-charge deal. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, th- does not Tesla provide four Teslas? charging stations yes. that they don't charge you for. Is that correct? Uh, they have monthly deals. Okay, they you have, can subscribe. It's, it's different okay. different ways to pay. Uh, there's one in Pearl, Mississippi, a supercharger in Pearl. There's a couple others. I've seen it. Uh, and there's other, there's independent charging stations. Uh, you see them at gas stations. Uh, I was at Sam's in North Mississippi uh, over the weekend, and they had one there. Okay. Uh, so... So you subscribe. So you, you are paying. You can subscribe. Okay. There's different ones. You can pay as you go, or you can subscribe. And maybe that's what the federal government plans. Honestly, I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying I, I don't know. Because I if the federal government gives it away for free, yeah. you're going to put all those other ones out of business. I agree. I, the pay for yeah. charging. I, so I don't know. Could be wrong. I just can't find any details. I know I'm, I'm repeating myself. And they might not have come up with the details Well, that wouldn't be surprising. I, I just want to be clear. Uh, on that. The climate has been changing since the dawn of time. The more you know about it, the less you fall for these climate activists. I, I hear you. You know, I, I've said before that uh, in in my uh, amateur meteorological opinion, some days are just hotter than others. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Some days are colder than others. Uh, again, I, I it just seems to, to uh, be common sense that spewing all kinds of smudge and smut into the air is not good. Yeah. I, I, but, gosh, have we ever addressed that significantly in this country, mainly in the form of much more fuel-efficient and cleaner-burning and emitting vehicles, which is where a lot of – I mean, I just remember well, as a kid seeing these photos of the clouds in Los Angeles. You just don't see that as much anymore. You don't. I was in out of the country uh, a couple months ago, and – the. Uh, where we were, people would heat their water with solar panels. Yeah, uh, that was very common there. Now they don't have tornadoes like we do here, and uh, you know you. And it's also an issue. They have an issue with a small island. They have an issue with electricity. Yeah, so they kind of have to do that. Makes uh, sense. But they've been doing it for ten years now. Fifteen I, years. Now. I, I just say again, these are technical problems that can be and will be resolved. There's a question here: How will folks parking on streets in New York City, San Francisco, etc., how are they going to charge their vehicles? First, they, there is a, a plan to put charging stations there. Secondly, it's just like going to the gas station. You just got to plan your trips around. When do I got to go get gas to make sure I can get to where I'm going and get away and get more gas? Same deal. That's the idea. We'll step aside for a break right here. We'll come back. We got a little more talk. I got some info on this gaming revenue in Mississippi as well. Stay with us.
Buying for a business? Let Batteries Plus be your partner. Whether you have one location or many, you'll find solutions for all of your battery, lighting, phone, and tablet repair needs, plus volume discounts and more. Sign up for a free business account at batteriesplus.com slash business. Batteries Plus. What are the kids singing about? You know that game, Whack-A-Mole? Yeah. Well, the kids think the car tires are like the mallet and those awful potholes are... Oh, I get it. That's kind of cute. Really, Mom? Tell that to my wheels and tires. Ugh. Here in central Mississippi, our roads are loaded with potholes. That's bad news for your wheels and tires. Stop by the Tire Depot for fast service or new tires. Tire Depot at the Reservoir in Brandon and Terry Road in Byram. Walking into Carter Sledge Family Dentistry is like walking into a spa. With its relaxed atmosphere and luxurious setting, you'll definitely feel at ease. At Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, you can choose either a male or female doctor, whatever makes you more comfortable. Plus, Carter Sledge has the very latest in technology, like same-day crowns. Find out more at cartersledgedental.com. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, Lake Harbor Drive in Ridgeland. At Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, our smile begins with yours. I wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy. There is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific. Yes. Get your purse, sweetie. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Last year was a very tough year for the restaurant business, but our family of restaurants want to say to you, thank you. From Sal and Lucas Jackson, thank you. Thank you for always coming back. Thank you from all of us at Bravo. Thank you so much. From Broad Street Bakery, we thank you. Thank you for your support. Another way we can say thank you is our annual gift card sale. Buy three, get one free, and 10% we give to charity. You can buy them at the restaurants or online. 3in1giftcard.com. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. This is Jake Mangum for Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. One of the most underrated attributes in baseball is determination. It's one thing to want to do something and another altogether to get it done. That's why I love the team at Farm Bureau. They get the job done every single time. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfdins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Before the action begins, make sure your bets are in. Every hit. This ball is crushed. Every point. Who are they giving to? 
Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino revolutionizes the fan experience. On your phone, casino kiosk, at the timeout lounge. Don't just be a fan, be a player, be a winner. Get to Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. We're not just fans, we're here to play. Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back on Midday Super Talk Mississippi. We thank you so much for joining us. I just want to circle back, as Jen Saki says, on the gaming revenue. Um, I, I kind of talked about some numbers from memory. Uh, did take a couple of minutes to look that up. So in fiscal year 2021, the, uh, the total gaming revenue to the state was $283 million. I said two fifty. million. I'm, I'm a couple years behind. And the transfer to, to local governments in accordance with the law of that 283 was $93 million. So you can do the math there, what, $190 million to the state. And, and that's certainly a significant amount of money, but in a general fund budget of $6.6 billion, that's what, 3% of it. Um, so uh, that's the story there. In in prior years, looking at twenty, let's see, this would be twenty twenty. The total was two fifteen, two hundred fifteen million. This year is off to quite the bang because we all got shut down. Now everybody's out, and the federal government dropped a bunch of money in everybody's account. And I think um, a lot of folks did. Uh, participate <laughs> in gaming, engage in gaming at the casinos and so forth. So for the first through September, first three months of the fiscal year, July, August, and September, total gaming revenues, $80 million. So if we stay on that run rate, that would be, you can do the math, $320 million uh, to the state of which there's a carve out for the uh, to local governments. I think it's three percent of the total, if I'm not mistaken, goes to local. And you know, even though a lot of people say, "Well, the politicians told us that if we pass this, this would so-called fix all of our problems," I don't remember that honestly. I I, I do think that it was it was proposed as as a way to boost our economy, as to produce revenue for the state, so-called fix all our problems. That, the problems are much bigger than. Casino gaming can solve, uh, I would say. And it depends on what people consider to be the problems. You know, how do you, what, everybody has kind of different priorities along those lines. But you certainly can't deny the economic impact casinos have had, certainly on our Gulf Coast. I'm not, Absolutely. it's just totally different uh, without, I think, casino gaming. 
it it is a bright spot economically for the state of Mississippi. And and you can't just think in terms of the amount of money that the gaming tax produces, but all of the other adjacent economic effects from the investments made uh, to erect casinos along the coast are monumental in nature. I don't don't even know. I'm sure somebody's measured it. I'm not sure uh, what their methodology was for that. But it's it's at least worth talking about. So that's kind of the story there. So a, a good year in on tap. And then from a lottery perspective, we just crossed a billion dollars of sales, Mark, uh, a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I think. And uh, again, total monies transferred to the state since inception in November 2019, about literally about two years ago from today, $270 million total. So, uh, you know, those are just chunks of money that uh, otherwise you could argue wouldn't be there without those programs, without those systems. I also wanted to go back to something that was said um, early on in the show, Will, 1030, came in from a, a, a listener that says uh, that um, we, uh, they say they knew who we were pulling for in the Rittenhouse trial. We ain't pulling for anybody. I just want to clarify. This listener says, anything to do with black people y'all are against. What if I I would have gotten my gun and went and killed two or three people when they stormed the Capitol? Think I would have gotten off on self-defense? But y'all also think the three white guys in Georgia got a self-defense case also. Nope, once a racist, always a racist, and y'all are racist. So I take exception to that. I don't consider myself a racist. I don't think Will does either. I don't think anybody in this, in this uh, company that I know of is. And... I'm not pulling for anybody. You know what I'm pulling for? The law. I'm pulling for the dang law. I don't care what the color of the skin is of the defendants and the plaintiffs and and all the parties involved. I just want justice to be served and the law to be followed. It's just as simple as that. So I take exception to that. Um, I appreciate the listener for uh, sharing his feelings and his opinion or her opinion. I'm not sure. My opinion is, we're not racist here. We are for the law. Amen to that. We thank you so much for joining us today. It's been, uh, gosh, it's gone by in a hurry. But be back in the studio tomorrow, will we? I think Rhino's back, right? We look forward to uh, the program then. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.